Hello and welcome to the Super Show podcast, uh, a podcast occasionally about gaming, uh, as long as we can kind of keep ourselves on track, which might not be too difficult this week. I know Jamie's shaking his head, but Jamie, it's just you and me, baby. Yeah, and I'm going to make your life a living hell, buddy. Talk about staying on track. I'm going to make this the gosh darndest least gaming focused podcast you've ever been on, motherfucker. Listen, listen here. Don't motherfucker me, motherfucker, because this this is going to be a one hour podcast. Mark my (laughs) The last time you said that, I think it was four hours long. It's like, you've got to remember, Chris, there's an inverse correlation between how long you want a podcast to be and how long it will actually be. Like, the second you try and pitch a half an hour podcast, that's where we break the five hour mark. This is true, but we've never broached the four hour mark yet. Uh, Tonight's the night. That would be a good stretch goal. Maybe if it's like a, um, I don't know, like... Maybe we hit a milestone on Patreon, like a stretch goal, or whatever. It's like, hey, we'll give you a five-hour podcast. You know, like how Ludwig did, uh, like the the subathon, yeah, and this, this guy's toast now wants to do like the viewathon and blah blah blah. His, we'll do, like, yeah, his, his viewathon is is ongoing, I believe, as we record. Oh, well, there we go. We'll, we'll do the suffer suffathon. We will just suffer through, or we make other people suffer through listening to us for multiple hours. Yeah, I'm you know, I'm down. Has there been a twenty-four hour podcast before? Can we push the envelope that much? I don't know. That would that would be pretty sick, actually. Although I would not like to know what the uh, encoding time on that on that uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on that render would be. Uh, but there we go. We just we just oh. break it into, down into three thousand two hundred YouTube shorts or TikToks. Yeah, it's fine. That's yeah. what the kids want nowadays. No, it's what they want. You know, you can't argue with that. Uh, I will say though, Jamie, that last week I I posted the the question to the audience. You know. Do they like the way that we kind of run things? And, uh, you know, majority of the people that did reply said, yes, they did. They, they liked okay. it. We shouldn't change. They're here for it. But then that makes sense because they're not some of the people that have unsubscribed <laughs> from us in the past. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not the people who have gone away, who have actively distanced themselves from us. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, though, maybe we do need to start thinking about some kind of like pushing ourselves out there. I know Peaswad was mentioning, hey, why don't you guys make shorts and and just do something to kind of like promote yourselves and you know that crazy son of a bitch might be onto something jamie i don't know maybe yeah but it's also i don't know it seems a bit boring and it seems a bit cliche to you know nobody wants to want success chris you have to have it fall into your lap and be surprised by its presence you know this is true this is true it's the only way to live exactly you know, every every that way, every time something goes right in your life, it's a happy accident rather than something you are actively working towards. Exactly. Uh, but Jamie, obviously, we we we've got to discuss the well, the missing elephant in the room. Just, just oh, no, hang on, I'm here. Like, I thought oh, I was the uh, resident uh, elephant. Well, Jonesy's more of a rhino or like a or an aardvark. I think he's more like a chimpanzee because he's got those fucking weird monkey shoes. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about his weird monkey balls and ass. That's true. I mean, it does have a monkey ass. Jonesy has uh, yeah. far more in common with baboons than meets the eye, folks. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uncanny, actually. Uh, it's like more more chimpanzees than okay. baboons. Fair, I think. fair. Uh, you know, because chimpanzees they they gather in a mob and they, I think they're the only animal in the animal kingdom that have been known to have premeditated murder on their minds. Okay, yes, that does resonate now that you mention yeah. it. But yes, of course, our, our, our own resident uh, nutjob, who we love, Alex Jones, is not with us uh, because, again, like after his very successful tour of Kazakhstan, 
which you know he said was lovely this time of year he's decided to go on a bit of a, a another journey jamie yeah another bit of a holiday indeed um, i i did receive a postcard from him today in fact um from the ukraine kiev, okay yep yep kiev specifically uh, i asked him why kiev he says he just fucking loves chicken kievs just like okay fine go for it so i'm sure he's having a lovely time there you know like very chill, very relaxed. You know, London yeah. can sometimes be like quite stressful and, and like. Did Did he uh, tell you about the hike that he had planned? No, no. What, what he's was, got this what hike. He's there? got this whole route planned out. Apparently, it takes him right down to the border, and he just kind of like walks along the border for a couple of miles. It sounds like a really yeah. nice route that he's got figured out. Him and their family. So, um, yeah. I'm sure they're gonna love that. Yeah, yeah. I I just can't wait until he's back next week because he's, he's definitely coming back. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what could possibly go wrong? Nah, it's, it's good times all around, you know? 2022, baby. <laughs> no more war, right? <laughs> no more war. Fucking hell. Yeah, but there we go. So, no Jonesy today, just us. You stuck with us. But that's no bad thing because, hey, guess what? We are kind of sometimes a gaming podcast that talk a lot of shit and hopefully entertain you. We are available on YouTube at Super Show Pod, or well, be like youtube.com forward slash Super Show Pod. We are also available on podcasting platforms of your choice. I'm talking Spotify, iTunes, uh, fucking other things, Google Podcasts. That's one. Uh, yeah, that counts. Deezer, Stitcher, all these things. We are also, Jamie, and I know you know this because it's close to your heart, available in Scotland. Yes, it is close to my heart, yeah. And not just Scotland, the metaverse version of Scotland in a way because we are available, of course, on internet radio paisley.com uh thursdays yes i want to say 10 p.m yes it's 10 p.m uh repeated on mondays so you know if you wanted to listen to us on an internet radio platform where it's kind of like you can't you can't not listen to us then head on over there i love the idea sorry did you just suggest that paisley radio exists in the metaverse i mean kind of like I'm gonna put on my Oculus headset. Oh no, sorry, excuse me, my Meta headset, and meta I'm gonna walk over to the physical location of Paisley Radio and like, what tune in? Yeah, I mean, if if Zuckerberg had his fucking way, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure Zuckerberg's gonna have his way if if the uh, if the polls are <laughs> anything. Not the actual polls, but the the yeah, metaphorical say, what, polls. What's this got to do with? Uh... It's not the actual polls, but Chris, it's the it's the polls that people create with their not real money. The speculatory um, money, not real, but f- real polls. Oh, like the exit polls that told us that Brexit wasn't going to happen. Chris, okay. fundamentally, I know business, and I know a hot product when I see one, and I see a hot product in Paisley Radio. Uh, I'd like to also yeah, I, introduce I, yeah. the world, and by world I mean the listeners of this podcast, to Paisley Coin. Uh, it's the hottest crypto going to hit the market. I will say we are also partnering with Paisley Radio on a number of hot and sexy NFTs. Um, yeah. I, again, I, I don't really know what we're going to. We're just going to kind of like find some art that is made by someone else, but looks cool, well, and then steal no, that and mint well, it. Jamie, I, I was going to bring this up another time, but like seeing as you broached the subject, yeah, I am actually actively working on minting my own NFT series for the channel. There we go. I love to hear it. Yeah. So if you want to support us with uh, destroying the planet, uh, ecologically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of course, and wasting your money, then be on the lookout for sexy digital Jamie Pillow NFTs yes. coming soon. And, and you know then, what? Like, yeah, uh, uh, Jamie, ask me how I'm spelling coming. How are you spelling coming? 
C-U-M-I-N. See, yeah, that's cumin, the yeah, spice. Right. See, the nice thing about this, Chris, is it's the perfect double whammy, right? In the short yeah. term, we get everyone's life savings, and they get to lose all their money, and they become even more reliant on us for entertainment. I presume that's how it works. In the Big long bucks. run, we get to admit that we made a mistake. It wasn't really our fault. We followed bad advice. We're backing away from NFTs, and we really, really apologize. We get all the positive PR from that apology, and it's a net Ooh. positive. Money yeah. and PR. The NFT machine at its finest. <laughs> oh my god! You got to love uh, it. You got to love it, oh, man. What, what did you think of those fucking worms NFTs? Oh, bro! It, it, see, at this point, when it, when a gaming company in any way, shape, or form announces an NFT project, it's not even what do you think of it. It's not what is the art or what is it worth or how many people are actually interested in it. It's how long until they admit this was a horrible fucking idea. <laughs> and with that one, it was even worse, right? Because it was what are they called? Um, Team Seventeen. Which, yeah, team seven, you know, yeah. of course, like we always joke about, they are synonymous with worms, and they were making worms and NFTs. But now yeah. they've also reached a size where they're publishers. So you know, you have indent developers or people that were planning to de- uh, publish the, their small games with Team Seventeen going like out on Twitter, being like, "Yeah, fuck this. We want nothing to do with this. Fuck NFTs. They're a waste of fucking space. We're backing away from everything Team yeah. Seventeen related." There, there was that one developer like. Crabs with knives or some shit like that. And they were yeah. like, we, we actually actively encourage people not to work with Team 17. And then, of course, there was a Eurogamer article that came out that was a bit of an expose as to, like, not just NFT, but just, like, the, the issues happening within Team 17. It's, it's fascinating. Like, yeah. But now we're... NFT is the gift that just keeps on giving, Jamie. It is. Although we're, in a, again, in a weird space now where, so there was a report today, basically, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, a couple of head honchos, if you will, at Platinum Games have been doing interviews lately because they've been fielding questions about acquisition, about the future of Platinum and the kind of projects they want to work in the future. (laughs) Can I interrupt you very quickly? Of course. Yeah, especially on the, the, uh, like, uh, acquisition side of things. When I was reading that article, it just kind of... I could just imagine the fucking guy, whatever his name is, uh, the Japanese dude, and he's like... (laughs) That narrows it down. Yeah, that narrows it down, you know. (laughs) Oh, that Platinum Games Japanese dude. Tell yeah, me more. you know, the main dude. But he'd just be like, effectively what he's saying is like, um, <laughs> will Spencer Kuhn please buy us? <laughs> <Yeah>. Please <laughs> buy us and bring Scalebound back, I beg you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. No, I was going to say they were asked about NFTs and their response was, yeah, we don't want to do that. We don't think there's any value there for us. We don't think there's any value there for the gamer, which kind of fairly succinctly sums up everyone's thoughts on NFTs that have been developing over the last couple of weeks, if not months. But I saw one of the top responses on Twitter was someone actually criticising them, not for publicly denouncing their interest in NFTs or lack thereof, but because they criticised it as a pure PR move. So now it's a you're damned if you do, damned if you don't situation where... (laughs) So they're saying like they got shut on because they're like, oh, you're just jumping on the bandwagon yeah. and starting to hate on NFTs. Literally. That, that's mental. So it's like either, either you do NFTs and you're you know a money-grubbing fucker or you bat- distance yourself from NFTs and you're just trying to get good PR. It's literally lose-lose. So, um, yeah, it's mad. There, there was um, more so on gaming than NFTs. So uh, a bunch of like original devs of Witcher 3 and some Cyberpunk 2077 devs, they yeah. split off and formed their own studio from CDPR, yes. called Rebel Wolves, I believe. That's they, the reason, yeah. Yeah, and they said in, in their kind of like press release about the game that they're making, which, you know, could be pretty cool, like a AAA, like high fantasy title, mm. but basically saying like, no, we'll never have NFTs or blockchain technology in our game, and we never will. It's like, 
Yeah, cool. Fair enough. Like strong statements. Then I think there was someone from. Was it? Was it maybe the guy from um, uh, Tango Softworks said? Oh yeah. Uh, that that they. I don't know if you saw. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was them. It might have been someone else. But again, some Japanese dude. And he, <laughs> They've been doing the rounds said, lately. Oh yeah, you know these Japanese dudes. They're everywhere. Um, and he was asked about NFTs in his studio, and he's like, "No, I'm not going to do it." And then. They said, oh, because, you know, like Capcom, what was it? No. It was Konami. I know what you Konami, mean. Yeah. yeah. Konami are, are, are interested in kind of NFTs. And the, the response was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, if there's if there's money involved, Konami's going to be the first to kind of jump in, <laughs> like, feet first. Yeah. I, I just thought that was so fucking funny. Like, what a fucking burn. Yeah. Now we just need someone to offer Konami money in return for their intellectual property. Uh, and we're laughing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Microsoft, where you at? PlayStation. Yeah. Where you at? Get that check book yeah. out, Philly P. Philly SP. SP, Philly, yeah. Philly, yeah. SP, Just roll with it, Chris. S P E N C R. We spell it out in full every time. But fucking speaking of the metaverse, there was that fucking ad going playing on during the Super Bowl. Okay. Which was an ad for Meta, which was, you know, formerly the artist formerly known as facebook yeah and it was kind of like a you know the five nights of Freddy's kind of animatronics and this guy kind of like it's this little animatronic thing and then it moves from like place to place and being repurposed for different things eventually being like a mascot for like a hotel or something blah 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 okay and it's like you know getting more and more kind of like dilapidated as it goes on and then finds himself as a mascot to like a tech store and then okay. some someone puts on a Meta Quest 2 headset. Okay. And all of a sudden, this fucking animatronic is in the metaverse and his life is like fulfilled and he's so happy. And this was a fucking prime time ad. Jesus Christ. And it's just like, I still don't get it, dude. Like, what? I, I kind of feel like it's a joke that's gone on for too too long. You know, it's almost like a joke happens and everyone's like in on the joke, but then it kind of goes on a little bit too long. It starts to get like really fucking cringe. The whole yeah. NFT metaverse thing is that. It's it's effectively, do you know the way? But like, trying yeah. to convince people. Like, so many people are fucking jumping in on this metaverse, but it's the but dumbest fucking thing. You say that though, but like again, one of the biggest companies in the entire planet change their name to represent the fact that they're closer aligning themselves with the metaverse as a part of their future. There is a part of the metaverse push that does feel somewhat inevitable because, again, again, maybe this is me being slightly pessimistic, but at some point, yeah. if enough of these companies at that size and at that scale start to back it, then it becomes a part of our lives whether we want it to or not. You know, these are companies that... Well, these are companies that can implement yeah. changes that we don't think are in our best interests just because they can. I didn't oh, want to 100%. use I didn't want to use USBs, but you know we, I didn't want to use lose the headphone jack, you know. But these things happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but like, uh, I don't know. It, it it almost feels like everyone's kind of like me being very shifty eyed and kind of trying to see what everyone else is doing, and then they don't yeah. want to be left behind. So like, you hear that big companies like um, fucking hell, what is it? McDonald's, Nike, Adidas, they're all. Cl like climbing on and, re and releasing shit on the metaverse like mm -hmm. i'm sorry i don't need mcdonald's in my metaverse of all things you know it, it, and, and it's just almost like there's no point like okay let's take nike and adidas for instance adidas are getting into it they're producing nfts so nike's like well we have to 
right? Yeah, like, sure. We just yeah. fucking have to. No one wants to be left behind. No one wants to be left behind. And, and the... Oh, fuck, I don't know. I just, like... I get so fucking angry about this, Jamie. I get, like, seriously, seriously... Like, I can't sleep at night. See, the thing is, Chris... And again, I get hot sweats. It's... I get you. I get you. And I, I'm there with you, but... And this is something I'm better at uh, preaching than practicing, trust me. But sometimes when it comes to the... The, the ducking and diving and the moving and shaking of multi-billion dollar, dollar organizations, I don't lose any sleep over it because there's a certain yeah. inevitability to whatever they're going to do and we can't help it. We're just going to kind of go with the flow. We're going to eat the food they put in front of us. We're going to wear the clothes they put on our bodies. We're going to play the games they uh, sell us. Um, we've managed to get some pushback. We're not buying the NFTs they're trying to force down our throats. But <laughs> again, call me a pessimist, but there's a certain amount of inevitability to... All of this that I'm just like, do you know what? Whatever. I'm just going to kind of chill and play video well, games and see what happens. Jamie, you know what? Thanos also said that he was inevitable. And look how that ended up for him. So I mean, he felt like he made the world a better place. So He did. And, 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 and Iron hey, Man had to come in. The, the Avengers had to come and fucking ruin everything. Can I, can I let you in on a little secret, Chris? Yeah, please do. If I survive the snap... I, I got public transport today. I got public. I got on the the London Underground at Oxford Circus at six thirty oh. p.m. this afternoon, oh. and I can Stinky. tell you that if I survived the snap, I'd I'd have been pretty fucking happy with Thanos' plan. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what, that dude was onto something. Yeah, and on the other hand, if you didn't survive the snap, how would you fucking know? You're dead. Yeah, literally, exactly. Yeah, that's why when people ask me how I want to die, I want to get shot in the back of the head by an unseen assailant. Jesus, okay. Well, again, because, you know, lights out, boom, you're gone. Unless it's one of those weird ones where, like, he shoots from the back of the head and it somehow, like, misses your brain and a few different arteries or, like, goes out through your cheek, like, in Fight Club, and then you're just Ooh. bleeding, and it's like, oh, well, yeah. come on. Or, or, or like, um, fucking... The world is not enough, where the, the bullet is slowly... Oh, yeah. Lodged, is lodged in your brain, is slowly, like... Traveling to your fucking what's called like uh, the fucking hippocampus or something, and yes, eventually you're gonna die, but it's gonna be super excruciating for like yep. three years. Hey, do you know what? The world is not enough. Underrated Bond film. A lot of people I, point to Brosnan's high point being Goldeneye. They're right, but the world is not enough. Totally reasonable Bond film. I, I think the world is not enough is maybe my second favorite Brosnan. There you go. I think you're maybe right. I never really quite got the taste for Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, and then die another yeah. day. We don't need to talk about. Oh no, we don't talk about that. No, we don't talk about Bruno, Jamie. So no, uh, but you know what we do talk about? Encanto? Comments. Oh yeah. No comments, buddy, because we have comment of the week. So uh, strap yourself in. It's a bit of a long one. This one. This one coming in from Michael Austin. Hey guys, love the pod. Been an active fan since the ATG. Just the ATG. The ATG. Enough. I like it. The yeah. ATG. I like, that's that's the kind of. Eminence that it deserves. No, it's that's like when we've done too many sequels and we don't know where to go next. It's the ATG. The ATG, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He goes on to say and started watching Super Show around episode six, which was the Warcraft three reforged episode. Nice, I remember it well. I don't. I go back and watch (laughs) them sometimes. I'm a sad man. We've done. I don't even know what number this. It's like this is 110. 110. Yeah. Fuck me. There we go. (laughs) I know, right? Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, there we go. Um, he goes on to say, making this comment to help with engagement and also boost the channel's algorithm. See, he's doing his part. Everybody else, I'd expect you to do the same. However, he says, on the topic of GTA 6, I think the game will take place in one of two places. Mm. All right? Let's see where this goes. Number one, 
Vice City, like you guys said, because out of the original three locations, those being Vice City, San Andreas, and Liberty City, Vice City is the only one that hasn't been revisited in a future game yet. So that's a, that's a fair point. It's a very interesting point. Mm. Uh, and he does go on to offer a second one. Is Number two, like how Jamie said about San Andreas being a tri-area of Las Vegas, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, I think GTA 6 could potentially be a tri-area in the south taking place in Houston, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, and New Orleans, Louisiana. Mm. Those cities are well-known U.S. cities with rich cultures, gang violence, and murder rates, so it makes sense. See, I think that's, that's, that's an important distinction that he's made there, is rich cultures, gang violence, and murder rates, super important to have in your GTA 6 game. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? I'm going to go out and say it. I like both of these ideas from Michael, and I think there's a certain plausibility to both of them. I think the Vicity one is kind of one of the going suspicions, one of the going conspiracies, yeah. if you will, around the game, and has been for some time. And I don't I think, think it's probably the most popular one, right? Yeah, because, well, because like Michael said, there is this of this weird thing of like there's so much reverence and so much nostalgia people have for Miami in, in that era, or just Florida in that yeah. era, even though most people never lived it. It's movies that have kept that feeling alive over the years. It's Miami Vice, baby, big time. It's Miami Vice, Scarface. It's you know, it's, it's all those things, and I think seeing them expand on Vice City in the same way they expanded on Los Santos in between San Andreas and GTA 5 would make a lot of sense for GTA 6. I think it would make a lot of people happy. That said, I, I think Michael's also come up with a really cool idea about how you can, you know, take the perspective and shift the perspective away from, hey, like, it's either West Coast, East Coast, or bust. And, like... <laughs> Like, hey, you like you go to the south, and if there were some way to smush the three uh, cities and states in yeah. question together and make it make sense, even though it doesn't have to be perfectly geographically accurate, of course, GTA never is. Yeah, you're, yeah. like, absolutely right. Like, Texas, Georgia, and Louisiana, you can get three very distinct-feeling maps and three very distinct-feeling cities out of... Um, out of those three states. And it also just feels like, again, looking specifically at Houston, Atlanta, and New Orleans, like, there are very easy ways to... You know, send up and make a pastiche of some of the more on the nose elements of the whether that's you know Mardi Gras in New Orleans or or like some of the sort of like more rowdy kind of like, like all the stereotypical Texan elements that we talked about last week. Yeah, like yeah. there's room there for a little bit of a few you know elbows, a few ribbings, a few jokes, um, while also having like a visually diverse map. Like it's cool. I want to I want to bring up a an image of the United States. Uh, Oh god, don't remind me. Every now and then I go on Sporkle, that stupid fucking yeah. quiz website, oh, fucking and I'm Sporkle, like, you yeah. know what? This is the time where I get the fucking US states quiz 100% correct, <laughs> and I get like three states in. I've probably put down California, Texas, and like one other, and I'm like, fuck. I, I, and it's always stupid shit where I, th like, I think I know exactly where New York is because New York is New York. And it's like, actually, I just clicked on New Jersey or, oh, that's it turns out fucking, oh, that's on, Rhode that, Island or whatever. But that's, that, those are easy mistakes to make, though. Come yeah, on. It, they're all too close together is what I'm going to say. But the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because like I, I was thinking I've got, I've got two more ideas, right? Okay. One more, one more serious and one kind of like a little bit fun. Okay. Okay. What about doing like Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, and then what you could potentially do is even go to like Central America? Kind of, yep, I like that. You know, the, I'm the getting Mexico, so, you know, if you think about like the violence and the gangs and the Sicario kind of stuff, but yeah, the two pieces of media that popped up in my head were Sicario and Breaking Bad as kind of like yeah. touchstones, yeah, exactly. And, and like, you know, you've got your drugs and you've got your violence there, which is you know, sp brought on by um, what uh, what Michael Austin said there. But you want to hear my, my fun idea? 
Yeah, let's do it. And don't say okay. South Africa or Greece. Oh, I'd, I'd fucking... I've always said that South Africa would be a fucking... <laughs> it would actually be for. legit. It would be a very different it, game, but... It would be so sick. But yeah, no, if we're keeping it like America-based, right? Okay. Um, what about Florida? All right. Okay. Okay. My, okay. You have to expand, because obviously, okay. you know... So, Florida is um, America's retirement home, as we know. Yeah. Okay. All the uh, geriatrics go there. They all live in okay. these... Uh, you know, like retirement villages and and villas and what have you, and it's all very tropical. So you know, if people are kind of like clamoring for that Miami Vice kind of style, like, hey, guess what? There's fucking palm trees in Florida. There's crocodiles in Florida. There's some some cool shit goes down in Florida. But here's here's the the wrinkle. Okay, I was going to say because you're just describing Vice City at the moment. Yes, yeah, but here's the wrinkle. <laughs> okay. It's 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 you 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 keep it that it's all octogenarian based. Okay, you that was play. the that was the Square Enix game, right? Octogenarian Traveler. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Can you imagine? Okay, I don't know uh, what that word means. Sorry. Octogenarian, someone in their eighties. Oh, okay, cool. That's why I don't know what it means. I've never met anyone. So imagine, imagine now. Okay, and I think this is probably because I've still been watching way too much Seinfeld and quite a bit of it. Like Jerry's parents live in Florida, and it's just kind of like it's absolutely mental there. Okay, but like you know, you're like president of the the estate you know where everyone's kind of fucking retired and there's like all this like power struggle and all these old people on fucking drugs and 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 mm. like viagra and shit. i think that'd be so funny okay yeah cool, man no I, I i get where you're coming from and i think it's also interesting i can't remember where we discussed this before it might have been on the discord but there's definitely a lot more to florida especially 21st century florida than you know, the Miami Vice send-ups would have you believe. And if you found some way to get the GTA take on Florida Man, um, that, would, <laughs> oh, that would be quite fun. Fuck, you actually fucking nailed it. Florida Man. That's uh, yeah. You just need Florida Man, the game. Exactly. Like, instead of uh, fucking uh, Miami Vice, Florida, it's Bath Salts, Florida. That's, you know. I fucking love it. I, I went on a on a, uh, a holiday in... Um, a while back, going to kind of like... Oh, you went um, on a trip, huh? On a, oh, wait, oh, I trip, I trip, buddy. Um, no, but I went to Florida, and we took a drive down to the Florida Keys. And as we're driving down there, um, there's like... So it's kind of weird. There's like long bridges that then go to a little bit of a landmass that goes to another long bridge, and that's kind of like how you... Okay. And are they, the, are they the Florida locks, or...? Yeah, something like that. Like no, that was, that was just a joke. Oh, the said, keys. Yeah. The locks and the keys. Yeah, very good. No, anyway. Um, and what was really <laughs> weird is like, oh, it's so bad. I know. I'm trying to tell the story. I, I genuinely I apologize. <laughs> it was anyway, just not worth it. On, on these landmasses, they had like, you know, like the buildings or whatever, the people living on that little bit of a landmass. And then it kind of carries on. It's not like a big kind of thing. Hmm. And there were, I, I shit you not, drive through liquor stores and drive through gun stores. Perfect. And I was like, this this is gold. This is fucking great. I mean, so, so yeah. I've given I've given three alternatives there. Okay, I've given like the Arizona New Me- uh, New Mexico Texas kind of angle. Yeah, given you the Florida angle, and then of course last week I mentioned the kind of like Washington D.C. angle of like the the real criminals in the world, which is politicians. Yeah, I think if we uh, discussed any more ideas, we'd pretty much cover the entire continental United States. So maybe that's a good place to leave it. I think yeah. we've got some Colorado, ideas Nebraska, in and Kansas. Let's go. Yeah, it's like how about uh, GTA South Dakota? <laughs> what happens in South Dakota? <laughs> Fuck only knows, but we'll figure something out. I love it. 
Yeah. Well, there we go. That's that's the comment of the week from Michael Lawson. Thank you so much. Obviously, we, we love fucking speculating uh, and love speculating about GTA 6. So there we go. Yes. Ah, now, talking about speculation, Jamie, a lot of people get in financial troubles because they speculate on their finances. Yes. But you know yeah. what is a solid fucking investment? Probably the best investment you can do at the moment. I'm not talking about like NFTs or kind of like investing in the metaverse with like um, digital property. Okay, okay. so that, we're, we're excluding Paisley Coin here. Yeah, no, no Paisley Coin. Although okay. you you could potentially use Paisley Coin in what I'm about to suggest because this is the the primo. This should be on like R slash. Uh, what is it? The fucking R slash Wall, Wall Street bets. Okay. Yes. Or this is stonks or whatever they you're exactly. meant to say. Yeah. Exactly. If you want to know, if you want to have your finger on the pulse, all right. And and I, I, this is my way of introducing myself as uh, announcing. That I'm starting to be a crypto TikToker, so you know, watch out for that one. But a cryptoker. the best, a, a cryptoker, the best investment that you can make in 2022 is pledging to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/supershow, yeah. and supporting your favorite misguided, almost gaming podcast. Because everything that you support us with there helps keep this show ticking. And uh, hey, man, like. It's 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 a two way street. It's a, it's a it's one of those kind of like revolving doors. Okay, you can come in, but you can also come out. In other words, you give us money, we'll give you something in return. Mm. We're talking about Discord access. We're talking about behind the scenes. We're talking about legacy shows from ATG days. Yep. We're also talking about some Patreon exclusive podcasts, such as Known Murderer and something else that we did. I mean, like we got After Dark, right? We've got Full Frontal. We've got After Dark Full Frontal, which is the same kind of thing. Uh, we've got some spoiler casts and uh, hopefully some more. Oh, the the ATG pre-show, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is kind of like an off-the-cuff kind of like, you know, little, little, little chilly thing. You've heard of pre-game and pre-drinks. Well, now it's pre-show. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, and, of course, you know, we're very grateful for any support, whether you're watching the show, subscribed, uh, you know, resisting the urge to unsubscribe like so many people have. <laughs> Or um, just leaving a comment. But, you know, if, if you found it in your heart to throw us a few coins, we would most certainly appreciate it. It does help to keep the lights on and the cameras rolling, as it were. And I'm going to read out some names of people that have been generous enough to, you know, spread the wealth, as it were. Spread bets, which is what it's all about. Yes. I'm, of course, talking about Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Helium Joker, Jesper Camdahl Nielsen, Known Geldmark Clancy... Leo Merger, Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic, Nathan Pierce, Pastors Guild, Scary Omen, Starful Kid, and the Big Boys. Gosh, I love these guys so much. Brent Z, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Book Read, Manuel Guerrero, Peaswad, and The Uncaged. Thank you, one and all. And, uh, you know, even I've had some people, Jamie, kind of like reach out to me and say, hey, I would have liked to have supported the Patreon, but I like one guy was like, I live in Brazil and our currency is worth shit. It's like, yeah, I remember. Dude. Yeah, it's like, dude, there are ways to support us that don't involve money. Of course, like, money is always good. But yeah, just just watching, spread the good word of ATG. And, you know, if you want to support us, yeah. the Patreon is there. Hey, Patreon.com forward slash Super Show. Spread the good word of Super Show while you're at it. ATG, you know, like, it could do with the help. Yeah, you did. But. Yeah, maybe, maybe don't spread the good word of ATG because that's, uh, that's... Spread the bad end. word of ATG. <laughs> no, well, don't, don't, don't besmirch the, the OG. <laughs> no, I say besmirch it. Let's shit all over that fucker. 
Wow. wow. No ATG? good motherfucker. Yeah, not for me. Anyway, Jamie, I, I want to know what you have been playing in this past week because... Uh, uh, yeah, okay. it's, been, uh, it's, been, it's been interesting because, what, interestingly enough, by the time this podcast goes up, Horizon Zero Dawn would have come out. It's true. It's true. At the time of recording, Horizon Zero Dawn goes live in one hour and fourteen minutes. So, uh, not that I'm paying you know, pay attention to the clock. Or anything. Um, yeah, it's been weird because there's a part of me that wants to come in and talk about my past week by saying that it has been the calm before the storm, if you will. When the reality is that we have been well and truly in the eye of the storm pretty much since the month started. It just so happens yeah. that I have not played any of Dying Light Two or any of. Uh, Sifu or any of Pokemon Legends Arceus because um, there's been you know things happening uh, on and off the podcast you know a bit of upheaval yeah. new job uh, for the for what it's worth um, that yeah. I only started a couple of weeks ago so you know bedding some things in and trying to find the right approach to play what have been in some most cases some pretty chunky video games it hasn't helped that so many of them have been so sizable and the one that wasn't <laughs> so sizable looked really fucking difficult. Um, <laughs> But that has allowed me to continue clearing out things from my backlog, uh, which I've made some decent progress on this week. The things I wanted to touch base on, one slightly less newsworthy one, Far Cry 6, which I've been working on on and off for the last couple of months. Have you finished that now? I'm very close. The end is in sight, where I've basically, I've done all the legwork, I've gotten through that sort of that middle chapter lull where you're like, am I really doing this? Am I committed to this? And right now, Giancarlo Esposito is, you know, so to speak he's in your sights he's in my sights I'm going to shoot that yeah. motherfucker's head off at some point I presume unless there's a choice involved maybe I let him go free and you know maybe or maybe I let the, the people of Yara kill him or something I don't know there <laughs> might be a twist but I hope yeah. I get to shoot, shoot him in the head or like chop his head off or get my crocodile to eat his head like any of the above I'll settle for it would be good yeah yeah. Um, yeah okay question for you so how long do you know how long you've been playing so far? I mean on the PlayStation it says I've been playing for sixty hours. That is not 60 the, hours. that is not the case. I leave my PlayStation on a lot. Uh, yeah. Do you know what it's weird? A lot of people when they came can, in with their estimates, sorry, go for it. Can I can I just say something about that? Because I know because I was concerned about it with um when was it like fuck two years ago now? Surely not. Maybe. Which game? Probably. Final Fantasy Seven remake. Right. I don't um, have no idea how long I, that took me or how long it's even meant to take. Should I check? You, you can, but but like the, it doesn't really factor into what I was going to say because I, I remember looking at my thing then I was like, oh shit, I left this game idling at, at some point, so oh, right. I'm not I'm not sure like what the accurate thing is. And it was around that time that I found out that um, PlayStation stops counting if you've been in a game if your game has been idle after a certain amount of time. Okay, and then it kind of kicks in again when you when you pick up. So if you just have the menu running as an example, huh? Uh, there's like a, a lead time of like ten minutes or something, and then it stops. See, interesting. There is one thing then that I will say might have padded my stats slightly, which is mm. that I, as I've sort of spoken about in the podcast before, I have a group of people I play games with on PlayStation, and we're usually playing yeah. Call of Duty or Warzone or FIFA and stuff like that. But sometimes, recently more so than ever before, we're actually not playing that much. Uh, we're just chatting, and we might like join a party and hang out for a couple of hours. And I have used Far Cry every now and then as a background noise game for those conversations. Yeah, And when I do that, I will sometimes on autopilot spend two to three hours going through that open world, clearing out outposts, just killing people and unlocking oh, so things. Like, 
So no objective in mind. Yeah, just... like uh, for reference, like anyone who played that game, there are every time you arrive at a new portion of the map and establish a new outpost with your allies in each of those portions of the map, there are three. You can build two facilities within those outposts, uh, so which makes for six in total. And each yeah. of those facilities can be upgraded uh, twice. So it goes starts at level one, then goes to level two, then it goes to level three. When I got to the second and third outposts, um, I was able to... I had enough resources to immediately build both facilities and immediately upgrade both facilities to the top level in both places at once. Because I'd spent so much time wandering around and just doing <laughs> jack shit that I had all these resources. So there's a bit of that like going it. on. Um, I like it. I like it. It's cool. I, I'm not. I'm not mad about Far Cry. I'll be honest, Chris. I think it's a bit of a bummer <laughs> of a video game. I think. And yet you've played sixty hours of it. So I, I, I like to f see things through. I like to complete games where I can. And there are some elements that I do want to see how they pay off, uh, even if that like main story arc is not actually as engaging as it could be. And Giancarlo Esposito isn't really used as well as he could be. I like yeah. the fundamentals of the Far Cry formula still to this day. I like the freedom it offers you. I like that sometimes I do go stealth heavy and sometimes I do get bored and just blow everyone up. And when you do want to blow anyone up, you do have the tools of destruction, you know, a la mercenaries, to, yeah. to do whatever you want, to fuck shit up. Um, and that's fun. It's just everything about that game, all the trappings of that game aren't that engaging. And you know when you're in the middle of a real slog of an open world game and you need that drive, that pull, mm. that makes you open up that map and say, I'm going to place a marker there and I'm going to go there. I'm going to do that mission. Sometimes that drive or that pull is just not there for me. Um, yeah. And, what what yeah. about... Because sometimes when that drive isn't there, it, then it kind of reverts to the point of saying, okay... I'm going to stop viewing this game as an open world game and I'm just going to go like I, yeah. main narrative mission to main narrative mission to... And I, sometimes that doesn't kind of hold up either. Yes. See, that's the issue with Far Cry is that is the point I arrived at and it didn't hold up. And I would, yeah. when I say I'm looking at my map and looking at which icon to go to, I'm talking about the main story missions. And I, it's because I just found there was nothing I could latch onto there. It's got mm. the structure mm. where it separates the open world into three sort of distinct regions once you're past the prologue area. And it kind of allies you to certain individuals within those regions, and they've each got their own succinct stories, and they try and differentiate them a little bit, like one section has this uh, couple who are both famous rappers, and you're trying to use them to be like the voice of Yara because they can get on the radio waves and inspire people to join uh, La, La Revolution. Trying to say things without the Spanish, but you get you, like I can't say the word guerrilla anymore. It's guerrilla because that's all I fucking hear for the last sixty hours. There's another group of like uh, legendary guerrillas who fought a battle in like 1967 uh, and now have been like living in the mountains as outcasts ever since. And you're kind of like luring them back into working. So yeah. there are interesting hooks, and you're just provided with nothing to latch onto in terms of meaningful characters or meaningful arcs, um, which. Interestingly, Chris, was the complete and utter opposite feeling of what I had when playing the other game that I finished this week. Um, oh, okay. Fucking racking up. Okay, not that you finished Far Cry 6, but you're close. But, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, good distinction. But, but I believe last week you, you finished a game. Blah, blah. I yeah, finished but, the early world last week, yeah. But that's, you know, yeah. that wasn't, that wasn't, that was six to eight hours, I think, in total. Yeah, fair. With some messing around. Yeah, so, okay, so what did you finish this week? Um, I finished Cyberpunk this week. Um, Fuck which... hell, so you, you fucking completely leapfrogged uh, Jamie and myself. Yeah, Jonesy. Um, and yeah. 
And that's good because you know the the patch fucking arrived and everything, right? Well, it's some some you could argue that's bad. Like, what are the fucking chances that I literally finish Cyberpunk the week that the new patch comes out? <laughs> and like that patch might have benefited me. I might have had a you know better yeah. experience with that game. But I started it back in God. When was it? December. Um, yeah, I, I think so. so. It was high time that I got to finishing it. And um, yeah. God, let me... I'm not going to say yeah. I mean, I've fucking had it since December. Well, of my... okay, for me, maybe let's say like it was high time I got to finishing it. Yeah, um, and I will say it was interesting playing two. And look, they don't aspire to be the same thing. I'm not suggesting that they they do or that they should. But it was interesting playing two first person open world action adventure games simultaneously and ser- seeing where they bored me or disappointed me or let me down, yeah. and where I was driven to keep pushing forward. And you know that point or that observation you made about Far Cry, where you reach yeah. the point where you're not interested in the open world trappings, you're not interested in the side content, you just want to mainline the narrative or or yeah. these certain narrative arcs. Exactly what happened to me with Cyberpunk, except I was enjoying myself. Um, <laughs> and like, hey, Cyberpunk haters, cover your ears. I'm not going to talk about the quality of that game on a technical level. I'm not going to talk about the console experience. If you played that game a year ago and got burnt out, I'm not going to convince you you were wrong. All I'm going to say is there were narrative elements for me within Cyberpunk that really, really worked and gave me the opposite of the Far Cry feeling where a mission would finish and the first thing I wanted to do was open up that quest log or the di- or the journal, whatever it's called, and be like, what's the next step? Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, honestly, a lot of it was to do with characters. I think that game has a fantastic sort of rogues gallery of great characters that get fleshed out in really interesting ways and so many of them are interesting and conflicted and difficult and unreliable and zany in their own ways that but still kind of ground in the way that I could kind of really get into um and you know whether you know you're pursuing a a romance lead or whether you know you're there's some sequences towards the end of the game that I don't really want to get too deep into because it might spoil stuff but it leans further into how Johnny Silverhand's history and his past life are kind of tying into V's now present life um and at the whole time you've got this kind of interesting not mystery but this interesting sort of almost ticking time bomb at the middle of the plot that every every time you finish a new side quest arc you're like actually I'm still waiting to go back to the whole central narrative the reason we're here to begin with and find out how it all pays off yeah um, yeah so yeah I found that yeah. quite engaging to be honest that last sort of like 10 8 to 10 hour stint of just getting that game done I quite enjoyed yeah. myself I can't lie I kind I kind of feel like we've we've been so kind of like up and down on on cyberpunk as a as a kind of like podcast like we've yeah. never been out and out like negative about it because as as i'm sure you've just experienced like there's nothing to be out and out negative about per se unless you were one of the unlucky people to kind of like really be affected by those bugs yeah of um, course but like there is something to cyberpunk and that just kind of makes the patch a little bit more interesting a little bit more enticing we'll, we'll talk about it after the catch-up yeah, so, you know, for sure. Stick, I like stick around for that. But, I, yeah, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but like there were genuinely there were, especially in the side quests kind of side of things, there were arcs there and characters there that I I, I just think there's some phenomenal writing and some phenomenal quest design to be found yeah. in small pockets. Um, I was a I was a little bit disappointed in the way the main story finished once everything had reconvened and it was time to start implementing some of the choices I'd made or relationships I'd built into the story offer me basically a pretty upfront choice of endings, even though you never know exactly how it's going to go. You have a choice of how you want to approach the final series of events in that game, and a very clear point of no return is offered to you. Um, And I wasn't wowed by any of that. Um, 
it was, if anything, it felt a little bit inconsequential given just how dramatic V's chase for or fight for his life is up to that point where it ends yeah. kind of like, that was it? That was all they had to do? <laughs> okay, weird. Um, yeah, could have just done that. Yeah. But, uh, that's the problem that Hollywood kind of falls into a lot of the time, isn't it? Where it's like, the solution is very could very easily be A to B, but then because then you wouldn't have a movie, or in this case you wouldn't have a game, it's very much like, well, you've got to go to A to B to C to D to yeah. B to land up at, like I said. So. Yeah, exactly. And uh, hey, some of those letters along the way, you know, during that alphabet of a journey were, were worth the, <laughs> uh, the price of admission, which is cheaper than ever. So, <laughs> um, oh, fuck yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, we'll, um, yeah, we'll get we'll get into it though. Like, I'd we'll love get, to, I'd love to do it. like a cyberpunk spoiler cast one day. I know that's never been less relevant because that game is over a year old and <laughs> as crazy as that is to say out loud. We've also covered it like ad nauseum. I know, I know, but I, it's just that I'm I'm late to the party and there's I just, just yeah, there's some cool stuff in there. It's not a great game overall, but there's some really cool stuff in there. Yeah, maybe what we should do is like collate everything we've said about cyberpunk. On the podcast and just like release a, this is our, you know, like TV shows like used to do that, isn't it? Like and follow, like like clip shows. Yeah, yeah. Like, no. I, we probably racked up a solid like seven hours, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I feel like on those first podcasts after it came out, that we had solid one to two hour long discussions just about the game. So. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah, Jamie, like those those are two pretty fucking solid games. I wish I could. I wish I could say that I've been playing anything as interesting. Okay, what have you been playing? I mean, okay, so interesting is I have been playing Sifu, but I've not had a lot of time on my hands. So I only managed to play Sifu like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Uh, played the club again. Okay, uh, got your ass kicked. Yes, actually <laughs> went to um, back to the first one to try and lower my, my age in clearing that, that level. Which I think I got to like age twenty three is like my best kind of run. Yeah. Um, did the club? Got to the last dude. He's fucking very difficult. Yeah. Um, but I think I can. I think I can finish it. This it's a game that I do want to kind of take care of, and I it it does seem that once you get over that hump of that second stage, it does kind of like flow a lot easier. Yeah. Um, then of course you could do the there's a a hidden ending. Where once you beat the game one time, you can play it again, and then you can actually spare each and every boss. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's yeah. a cool twist. And then that kind of like unlocks a different kind of ending. Um, but I've also kind of been delving back just just a little bit back into Vampire Survivors. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, heaven help me. Every time there's an upgrade, a, a, a patch or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, there's two new upgrades and yeah. another weapon evolution." I just kind of like, I need to see it. Yeah, no, I get you. I I felt the same way every patch so far. <laughs> Even yeah, if it, like I feel like once you kind of you know jump that hurdle the first time in terms of getting towards the end game and starting to understand evolutions, especially yeah. when your persistent upgrades are in a good place, that game kind of plays itself no matter what yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like there was one run, so the the latest evolution weapon evolution is with a lightning ring. Okay. So it's like, yeah, okay, cool. And yeah, when you get to the the point that I am at, it's like whenever they introduce something new, you just have to do one run basically yep. to see it. Because exactly. That's how it is. But in this run, each and every single one of my weapons was an evolution. Wow. Okay. That's and pretty. And it, it was just like, yeah, it was just kind of like stand at the corner and wait. Yeah. And that's literally. And wait until it goes to thirty minutes, and then it's like, boom, the reaper comes, takes care of you. 
Yeah, you, hey, you die immediately. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I literally think that's maybe like the best two pounds I've spent in gaming in a very long time. Oh yeah, like bang for your buck, Vampire Survivors is still top notch. Like that's still like an easy recommendation for anyone that's even remotely curious about what that game is. <laughs> Hell yeah, which is cool. Yeah. And hey, like. You know what? One thing we can say, which you know, not that we necessarily need to appease any of the audience about what like, what we've been playing and what we're going to be talking about, but yeah. we will have uh, impressions and discussions about Horizon this time next week, and yeah. hopefully Elden Ring the week after that. So, oh, dude, um, I I I don't even know, right? Because, yeah, what do you mean? No, like. I just want to play the game. I, I wonder oh, I if the the week that Elden Ring, so it comes out on the Friday, which is fine. Yes. So, but yeah. then again, sometimes sometimes we only start recording the podcast at midnight, and if that's the case on a Thursday, then I might have to say, "Sorry, guys, just fucking record on your own." So, uh, like, I'm gonna go ahead and say, it, Chris, I'm not afraid to say this in front of our audience. If you don't record the podcast because Elden Ring comes out like while we're yeah. recording, you a bitch. Can I be on the podcast but playing the game? Yes, I will accept that as like a as a you know a middle ground, if you will. I'll, I'll Although you have that. to give us, you have to feed in lines of live commentary about what you're doing and how much you're enjoying yourself while you're doing it. Oh yeah, it'll be me like fucking swearing at. The... Yeah, basically. No, yeah, I... every death you have to come back and contribute to the podcast for another five minutes. Then you get to go back to playing it. Yeah, but have you seen how the 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 subreddit, the Elden Ring subreddit, is kind of like imploding on itself? <laughs> I have not. What what is it imploding with? Spoilers well, really imploding, or excitement? Like, no. Or... Well, so, so there are the game in, in its entirety effectively is leaked. So there are major spoilers, but yes, it's in the effectively, wild. Effectively, El- Elden Ring subredditors are just kind of trying their hardest not to die before Elden Ring. Comes oh, out. I did see this. I saw someone yeah. take a screenshot of one of the posts. Oh, it's just kind of like hyper sad, but I, I'm kind of all for it. I, I think it's really funny. But yeah. man, I am, I am too hyped for that game, Jen. It, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's it's awesome. It's genuinely and like I, like I don't want to put words in your mouth uh, with regards <laughs> to Elden Ring. But what I was looking at, sort of how excited I am for Horizon, and I've got it preloaded and I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah. Maybe tonight or tomorrow, depending on how things work out with work. Um, yeah. But I did this weird thing, and and Chris, you might have to remind me if like I'm just forgetting something. But I went mm. through my sort of video game diary that I keep because I'm a loser and looked at everything I played that was a new release in 2021. And I don't yeah. think a single game released in the entirety of the last uh, the calendar year last year that I was actually like balls to the wall hyped for. Like well, the, there what, were a number of things what, that. I, what was the last game that you were like? This is the thing. So I'm looking through like when I look through everything I played in 2021. Like I've got yeah. the, like the list up in front of me, and like going in reverse order. Like I, I was I was looking forward to things like Halo Infinite. Forza Horizon Five, yeah, you know, like I guess Back for Blood and Guardians, Kena, Deathloop, uh, Call of Duty. I've, I didn't even know like Ratchet and Clank. That was cool. Mass Effect, Returnal. Like there was lots of stuff that I was like, yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to that. But there was nothing that I was like, I hyped to the point where it was draining the energy from my body about. <laughs> and I'm getting there with some of the titles that are coming out this year, and that's really oh, cool to be able man. to say. Like I think Jonesy oh, yeah. kind of got there with Dying Light. We're, me and Jonesy are both there or thereabouts with Horizon. You're more than there. You're beyond there with Elden oh, Ring. And that's, I'm beyond the point of no return. It's yeah. ridiculous. That's jazzed. To, that's to, to the point where like, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to load up the game, and then I'm just going to be crippled 
because I'm gonna be like, I don't know what I don't know what to do. I'm gonna be like frozen in front of the computer in front of the yeah my monitor because I'll be like, what what starting class do I go for? I don't I, know because I want to do them all. Do you know what I mean? I remember my first night playing Red Dead Redemption Two. I did the thing where I started it about midnight and played for yeah. two or three hours. Genuinely, it was like a hive dream where I wasn't really sure like what was going on and like I wasn't really paying attention. And to the point where I woke up in the morning the next day with my you know brain back in place and everything <laughs> you know functioning on uh, the way it's meant to be. And I genuinely reconsidered replaying that two to three hours for a better perspective on what had actually happened because it didn't yeah. feel real. It felt like an out of body experience. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, the the like fucking intro of Red Dead does kind of like. It is it should kind of happens quite quite quickly. Yes, like narrative narrative wise, and you've got to be like, mm, yeah, okay, what? Okay, especially because uh, th- there's always an adjustment period with Rockstar when it comes to the the weight of those controls. Like it's not just oh, like yeah, yeah, it's always a bit weird, like getting used to the that momentum yeah. almost. But what, like, g- genuine question though, what was the last game that you were was it probably Red Dead? No, there must have been something in 2019. Or 2020, the way I like I thought to evaluate it while you were just talking there is that yeah, what was the last game I would have booked time off work for? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like there were some games that I was excited about that I just mentioned in 2021. I don't know which of them I would oh, okay. have taken. The last year of Part Two was in 2020. Yeah, like look, I'm looking at 2020 now. The launch of the PS5 with um, yeah. Spider Man, I I would I probably I would have taken time off for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. For for me, it would have been Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. Um, Last of Us maybe Ghost of Tsushima. Like I ended up getting quite hyped for that. Doom Eternal. I was extremely hyped for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cyberpunk is one where again, like. Oh yeah, yeah. I was. Got, I remember because when Cyber, you might remember, but when Cyberpunk came out, I had a lot of shit going on, and I ended up not having time for that game. But if yeah. I had had a stable job at that point and had time for it and could kind of organize my affairs in a slightly more efficient way, I probably would have been hyped and uh, taken time off work. Yeah. I'll tell but you yeah, what, like, 2020 like, is a fucking cracking year. I'm looking at, like, uh, Dreams, Crusader Kings 3, Valorant, like, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Genshin yeah. Impact, like... Some cool know. shit. Some cool shit. Yeah. Yeah. And like, hey, like, I don't want to slag off 2021. I think it became clear when it came to the Game Awards and our end of the year wrap up, and you know, everyone else discussing everything with at the end of 2021. There were some fucking baller games that came out that year, and I loved some of the titles I played last year. There was just nothing that going into it, I'd have been like, I have to take a week off work to see everything that Returnal has to offer. I wouldn't have yeah. done that. I'd have been pleasantly surprised by. Oh, like, Guardians of the Galaxy was way better than I ever thought it was going to be. I wouldn't have taken that week off work for it, though. Deathloop. The Artful Escape. Like, I don't... Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you you stumble into good games rather than, like, teeing them up in your mind. Yeah, Um, for sure. But yeah, it's 2020. I think... Yeah, seeing as Cyberpunk launched at the end of 2020, that is probably the last one that I was, like, the most hyped for. Yeah, that was a big Um, deal. Yeah, it was quite a big deal, regardless of the outcome. Like, the lead-up to it was kind of fucking super intense. They had all these Night City wires and everyone announcing their kind of, like, collabs from, like, sneakers to cell phones and this, that, the other. It's just like, oh, yeah. what the fuck is going on? But Jonesy bought a fucking chair. He did. But, like, the, <laughs> the thing is, like, I, I expect most of these games to get delayed, but as we discussed when we did our sort of look forward for the year and our preview for the year, there are still a number of candidates that... 
potentially come out in 2022 that would mean that this year would have two, three, four of those kind of games per person, yeah. um, no matter what you're into. So, yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's rad. It's rad. Uh, but yeah, like like speaking about Cyberpunk, let's fucking jump into the patch then, shall let's we? Let's do it. Yeah, because uh, patch 1.5 was kind of shown off in a bit of a live stream and dropped like then and there, and it brought the next gen. This was their next gen patch, saying, yeah. "Hey, it, it's now good for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S." Uh, you know, like built for that rather than just kind of like an upraised version of things. Yes, um, and that came part of a more major patch 1.5 with a number of changes across all versions of the game. Interestingly enough, some of those versions are not available. Some of the fixes were not available on. Um, Last gen, yeah, I'm, yeah, just because they stuff, just, yeah. just because they couldn't kind of like compute them or some shit like Which, that. Which again, like not to sound like a snob, but sometimes that's encouraging when it's like okay, they are sitting down and finding ways to leverage the firepower that they didn't have before to make this game better. And I'm yeah. not yeah. for for clarification, I'm not in favor of patches leaving players behind based on generational leaps, especially when that hardware is still so hard to get. I actually think that's a bad move and a negative thing overall. But it is also somewhat encouraging for the fact that we might ultimately be working towards a version of Cyberpunk 2077 that is the game it was meant to be, even if it yeah. leaves people behind, which is a bummer. That shouldn't happen, yeah. but yeah. Well, anyway, um, patch 1.5 also adds loads of fixes and like squashes bugs, blah, 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 but also weird stuff like completely reworking perk trees, um, reworking the, the driving system, Mm-hmm. there's a lot in here they've also added like some more cosmetic stuff like being able to change your artificial appearance in any mirror that you go to or yep. you know the opportunity to buy apartments which everyone thought would have been in the game so yes they're, they're kind of catching up with their original vision of not just what they kind of promised mm. yeah, but also what people kind of built it up to be in their heads um, yeah. still by no means what it was sold as you know there's still kind of a lot of things not great about it but there is something about it that's like you know worthy i would say of maybe revisiting and what's interesting is they they're of this is the best kind of thing to see right they are going how can i put this they are they're kind of backing themselves right right they're saying we've done a good job here they're offering a five hour free trial right mm-hmm. so you download the game you can play the, the first five hours and then after five hours what happens is you can have the opportunity to buy the game if you buy the game your progress carries over yeah so that's kind of like a like a i'm i'm, I'm the fucking saying is escaping my fucking brain now. putting their money where their mouth is or boom there we go yeah exactly that exactly okay, putting nice. their money where their mouth is they say you know they they are so confident in what they've done and mm. it's it's kind of nice to see. It's always good to see a redemption arc. It's it's always fun to see people fall from grace, but it's also fun to see redemption arcs. Um, yes, agreed. And beyond that, like, okay, did they really need to do this? Because they sold fucking... I feel like if you were a gamer, you essentially bought this game by how much money they made. But they are offering it with 50% off currently. I'm sounding like a bit of a show here, but it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just the fucking facts, everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah, like on Steam and, and the the various online stores, that's 50% off because I think they just want to get get it in people's hands. I right? agree. I think they're a lot more kind of like proud of 
the state that this game is in <laughs> obviously than when it launched and mm-hmm. I think they just want people to kind of give them another chance yeah I think so as well yeah. um you know, I, I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head where, as, as obvious as it sounds to say, patch 1.5 is very much exactly that. It's a patch. It's, it's not a patch, yeah. A, it's an not over- 2.0. No, and exa- exactly. And anyone expecting a 2.0-esque jump, you know, that something might have dramatically changed or that someone who fundamentally disliked some of the elements of Cyberpunk 2077 is going to get things here that they didn't get before... That's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about slight tweaking and alterations of certain systems, revampings or reworkings of others, and cosmetic additions over the top, which one thing I will say in their live streams, they keep referring to small additions as DLCs, and it's like, come on, dude, like, don't give yourself a pat on the back. You let me like ch- change the color scheme of my apartment. It's not DLC. It's something that could have, and most people Although- think should have been the game from the beginning. Yeah, but hold on, because that's that's kind of the language that they were using with The Witcher 3. Where yeah, like, I know, but oh, I just, I, I just don't of... like that language. I know they want yeah, to but... be the company that makes a distinction between DLC and expansions. I get it, but yeah. All right. Like, as soon as they add in horse armor, then we can start talking. All right? Ag- agreed. Well, yeah, as long as they don't charge for it, which fucking hell. Thank <laughs> God they haven't tried any bullshit on that front yet, but we'll see. Oh, they'd be they'd be crucified if they yeah. were that kind of silly. But yeah, um, speaking to you on, on WhatsApp when it, when it dropped, you you made an interesting kind of prediction as to where cyberpunk goes from here. Yeah, well, it kind of follows on from the, the point that you ended on, right? Which is that this feels, and it's appropriate that the next-gen version support comes out with alongside this patch, like the foundation has been laid for where CD Projekt Red are happy to lay down and say, okay, this feels like a solid level to say cyberpunk is at, at its core in a strong enough position to, you know, shout about from the rooftops again we're happy to go back out there we're putting it on new consoles we've got a trial like you said it's on sale like you said we want as many people to come in as possible and as many people to try and whether they're reappraising opinions that they formed in the early stages of that game or opinions that were formed by other people's opinions in the early stage of the game which happened to a lot of people just you know come in and try it and see for yourself that there's more than meets the eye to this. You know, it's not going to be a bug-free experience. It's not dramatically different. But we can promise you, in nine times out of ten, you're probably going to have a better experience than you might have been led to believe you were going to. And I think if they're successful in that, and they start to build out a solid core player base, which, hey, having this game on sale for 19.99 with transfer, yeah. uh, you know, save progress, they'd be transferred following a five-hour free trial, which will probably get its hooks into some people. Yeah. What you're also doing is you're laying a fantastic groundwork and a player base for when they do launch the paid expansions that they've talked about multiple times now there will be paid story dlc for cyberpunk and as we've seen many many times before often in like live service games you know we talked about destiny 2 Oh, sorry, the division to excuse me being on sale for like one ninety nine the week before the <laughs> um, the New York expansion came out. I'm not suggesting this is quite like that, but there will be people within CD Projekt Red that are like, "Hey, we're going to have paid DLC coming out inside, let's say, the next nine to twelve months." The more people we have that are potential customers, the better off we are. Because the other thing they benefit from that, and again, not to sound too cynical, is that when that DLC releases, especially if the game fundamentally is in a solid state. Outlets will take that review, the, excuse me, take that DLC, and they'll review it as a standalone piece of content. They'll review it for what it is. Yeah. And yeah. so if a paid DLC, a bit of story DLC, comes out for Cyberpunk, and the outlets of the world, 
no matter how much attention you pay to them, start giving it nines out of tens because it's amazingly well written and it's you know a reminder of the high notes of The Witcher Three as an example. Then all of a sudden you've got a piece of DLC floating around that is being hailed as one of the best pieces of narrative content of the year, and the only thing between you and playing it is this incredibly cheap version of Cyberpunk that's actually better than it's ever been. All of a sudden you make quite a convincing argument for the entire package around the Cyberpunk thing, yeah. which is. Again, I think that's how the reappraisal of Cyberpunk going forward in the coming years begins. These are the baby steps that we're seeing now. It shouldn't yeah, have taken yeah. them fucking whatever it's been, 14 months plus to get to a point where the, the, the groundwork has been laid down. It's taken far too long. Jason Trier already made a joke where um, he basically, uh, when this patch was announced and the game was released on next-gen consoles, he pointed to a quote from one of his articles where... He had said that internally, certain CD Projekt Red employees had talked about when they thought the game should have come out if they had had all the time in the world, and that date was 2022. So yeah. there is a yeah. certain irony about it all sort of coming together in an acceptable state now. Um, and, like, and, and you'd yeah. imagine if that, if that happened, that actually the game would be in a better state than what it is in 1.5. Yes. Because they wouldn't have had to kind of like put out the PR fires and what have you. Literally, yeah. It's, it's probably harder. It's harder putting out an, an active, you know, house fire yeah. rather than, you know, <laughs> you know, as opposed to dealing with it while it's still kind of relatively contained. Yeah. And look, uh, like you kind of said it yourself, like, it's, it's easy to be cynical about this. And I've seen yeah. a lot of people already sharing, you know, stupid tweets where it's like, huh, Cyberpunk's been fixed, eh? And then sharing like a five-second video <laughs> of a bug. It's like, well, that's not really the point anymore. And I think sometimes it's like, as gamers... We always want the best of both worlds, but we can't have it both ways. And in a week where No Man's Sky announced another patch yeah. and another update, it's like, fucking hell, they're just not stopping. And Sean Murray came out and was like, yeah, we still, we've got a long way to go, motherfuckers. Like, and everyone is now <laughs> unanimously praising them. I know some people still feel burnt about um, everything Cyberpunk related because there was so much hype going into it. But yeah. fundamentally... The, every indication so far is that CD Projekt Red are going to stick with this game and subsequently stick with those customers, assuming they, you know, they didn't refund where they had the, the opportunity to. <laughs> and like, I'm not trying to give them a free pass, but that's about as much as we can hope for in the meantime. And there were some yeah, people yeah. I don't remember where, if anyone in this podcast, maybe Jonesy came down at it this way, but I remember some people were like, "Oh, they're just going to ditch it. It's too on fire. It's too much. They're not actually going to support this game. They're not going to fix it. They're going to very quietly give up on it and move on to the yeah. Witcher." four or whatever fucking game they make next and that hasn't happened and it still continues yeah. to not look like that's going to happen anytime soon so yeah well I, I i still think it's a strong property right like it's there is still a draw but yeah they they i let's see if this works for them i hope it does because there are there are very cool elements in that cyberpunk game like we've always said um yep. and and i think smart to give a free five-hour trial because i would say i mean i I don't know, maybe I'm like just under halfway through the game, but I would say the first five hours are particularly strong in terms of narrative yes. on Cyberpunk. So I think that's like, that's smart. Like you, you give people that free taste on like, you know, infiltrating Arasaka Tower and everything that happens then. You're just like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. People yeah. can, people can get their teeth sunk into that quite nicely. I agree. Um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting though. When when it came out, you it's a shame. So you finished this game before the patch dropped. Correct. Yep. Are you 
tempted to kind of jump in and maybe just fuck around in the open world for a bit just to see. <laughs> Do you want to know how close it got? I opened yeah. GOG or how, yeah. on my PC and I was like, I was staring at the because I at the pack, originally at the, thought like yeah. patch install, and I was because I originally thought I was going to uninstall Cyberpunk. I was going to free up some fucking space on my machine, and I looked at how big the download was, and yeah. it was like 90, 90 gigs or something like that. It was, was it ninety it was, gigs for you. It, for some reason, it was massive. Again, I'm not sure what that was. I think it was like forty nine gigs for me. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe I'm just fucking imagining things. Maybe it was forty <laughs> or fifty. But I just remember looking at it. and I was like thinking, right, it's either this massive download, and then maybe play it again to see what I can notice in half an hour, or it's moving on with my life, and I, I chose the latter. <laughs> fair, fair. Again, I don't blame you. Like we said, Cyberpunk has cool things to offer, and. Uh, I'd say now is as good a time as any to try out a free trial and and see what you think. This is not sponsored. This isn't one of those use code super show for ten percent off at checkout. <laughs> brought to you by CD Projekt Red. But like legitimately, like there are some great quests. I kept when I was talking to you and Josie, I kept bringing up the Bloody Baron as an example yeah. of The Witcher Three was sometimes at its best when it went off the beaten track. Let the um, let the main quest, the main narrative hooks, no matter how urgent they might have seemed at one point in time, kind of fall by the wayside because, hey, we've got some really interesting characters or concepts or ideas that we can follow through with over here. Um, and if you allow yourself to be in- distracted by those hooks and indulge in those character arcs and those yeah. side quests, there's some great stuff to be seen, um, I think, in Cyberpunk. Not all of it you know, clings together in an amazing way, but fantastic pockets of stories and writing and gameplay yeah. in there to be found. Yeah, it, I'm I'm in a kind of a weird position because so I've downloaded 1.5. I haven't obviously had time to play it. I don't know if I will with Elden Ring dropping next week, but the intention is there. But I, I'm in this weird position where I want to go in. I want to try it. I want to see what the changes are. I want to just experience some more of Cyberpunk. But yeah. at the same time, I just don't think I'm that fussed to finish it. That's fair enough. Yeah. Which is kind of like I, I hate. I can tell you something for free. If I told you the ending I got, if I explained it to you, you yeah. would f- feel almost less urgency to go back to that game <laughs> rather than more. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Um, but yeah, man, Cyberpunk. What a like an interesting thing. Who 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 would have thought that we'd actually get to this point? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, J- Jonesy yeah. must be fucking rocking it because he he was the one. Most of all, saying like, no, 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 I'm, I'm putting it on ice until the, the next yep. gen patch comes out, blah, blah, blah. Let's, and, see, let's see if he comes back next week and has backed it up. I was going to say, and the next gen patch comes out between Dying Light and Horizon. He must be fucking swearing at God right now, just being like, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. You, what are the chances do you think he come comes in next week and says he actually finished Dying Light? Zero. Or, or Horizon? Zero. I think he comes Zero to, to both of them. Yeah, I think he comes in next week. This is my prediction. I hope he doesn't hear this because then he'll intentionally divert from my prediction, and that's a scummy thing to do. Please, Jonesy, <laughs> be an honourable man. Do the right thing. Stick yeah, true don't be to a your scumbag. Gut. I think he's not going to have played any more. Okay, he's got the difficult thing, right, because he's not here this week, which means he gets to catch up on two weeks of stuff, which means anything yeah. he's done in the seven days prior to this will count. So I think, we'll he, count, will yeah. ha- I think he will have touched Dying Light and Sifu in that respect. But I think he will also, when he's back from holiday, um, when he's back from Ukraine, <laughs> he will play some Horizon. But I also think he will make some time, not a significant amount, but some time to test Cyberpunk because I think, one, he's genuinely curious. And I think, two, it would be an interesting thing to share on the podcast, 
which will lead yeah. to this weird amalgamation where he's going to come back. He'll probably have watched 17 movies, most of them shit, um, knowing his taste. And I, I don't know where he finds <laughs> or why he finds the time for them. But he'll come back and be like, oh, yeah, I watched the new Space Jam. Something ridiculous like that. Um, and he'll also have played, like, yeah, half an hour to an hour of Cyberpunk post-patch, the first three hours of Horizon, and nothing since the week just gone on Dying Light or Sifu. There you go. Official prediction in the books. Lock wow. it in. Two to one odds. Bets in. Yeah. I okay. I don't think he would have he would have finished Sifu. Uh I don't think he would have finished um Dying Light. Okay, agreed, agreed. There's a butt coming here, you're thinking about it. I I'm just thinking if he had access to Horizon Zero Dawn from like midnight tonight. Okay. Like launch in other words. I could imagine a scenario where he would finish it in time. You think so? You think Jones is going to play thirty odd no, but, hours of Horizon in the next but week? But we know, yeah. But we know that he's not. Getting, oh, he, he not, can't. Right. Okay. Yeah. He can't. He like physically can't because he's in the Ukraine and Putin doesn't want him to play Horizon. Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. Guess what? It's got. It's got. It, or at least the prequel had West in the title. So. Yeah. Also, this is too progressive. Female protagonists. Putin's not about that life. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be fucking interesting. I, I definitely would... I would definitely endeavor to try out Cyberpunk. <laughs> you know, to kind of beat that dead horse a little bit more and what we're talking about it. Um, but who knows? Let's see. Tune in this time next week. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, like, I, I don't know. Like, it's really tough for me because I wanted to... I wanted to finish Sekiro before Elden Ring came out. But then obviously, like, shit's been happening in my life. Like... I mean, topsy turvy. I haven't had time. I I could potentially. I've still got a week. Are you one stream away from finishing it? Is that right? Is that well, fair? Uh, dude. I mean, come on. It it, it depends. Like the the okay. The last... If luck was on your side, if luck was on my side, it could be one stream to finish it. Okay. Uh, not necessarily because I've got Demon of Hatred and I've got um, Sword Saint Ishin. Sword Saint Ishin is the final boss. Yeah. And Demon of Hatred is the optional end boss. Gotcha. So, you know, if I want to see the end of the game, I just have to kill one of them, which is Ishin. But Ishin mm. is, like, super fucking hard with, like, four phases. Um, you know, I stream for about two hours. Is it possible? Potentially. Uh, I know the last time that I tried him on stream with a delayed audio feed, so I had to, like, take off my headphones and then not have any audio cues. I know I got him to his second phase. Right. Oh, I don't know if I got him to his third phase, but I got him to his second phase. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but it's also like fucking it's it's an uphill battle battle, that's for sure. Hmm, um, okay. But yeah, I don't know. It it just it doesn't seem likely. You know? Yeah, and of course, like I, I don't know, like I'm sure you've got plenty in fact, in some cases I know you have a hell of a lot on in the next week to two weeks before Elden Ring even comes out. So oh, Yeah, it's like, it's it's insane. Like yeah. Um, in fact, Monday night I probably won't even be in London. Yep, yep. Uh, I know ch all of Tuesday I won't be in London. I'll be in Mil Milton Keynes for those interested. <laughs> <laughs> Any MK Dons fans out there? Holler. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so I've I've got some like work travel stuff to do. There's some home stuff that I've got to kind of deal with as well. Like it's just like it's, it's a lot. Such it's too much. Fuck but it. I, I, there is a shrug, shrug it off. 
Yeah, and if you ignore the elephant in the room, which is, are you going to be able to finish Sekiro or not? It might, some of these things at least, might all clear up or at least become a bit less complicated just in time for Elden Ring, depending on how lucky you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, and then when Elden Ring comes out, like fucking all bets are off. Don't, don't count on me for anything except for weekly Elden Ring chatter. Should I mean, probably work it in, into its own little segment. Do I dare remind you the last time you made threats such as these on this podcast and which game it was for? Cyberpunk? Do you remember? Yeah, it was Cyberpunk. You, d- In fact, one of the identical threats you made for Cyberpunk, which was that if the podcast on the evening of the Thursday went on too long or crossed past the midnight mark, then you would also not be on the podcast because you'd be playing that game. <laughs> and uh, to quote Alex Jones, I jump in it. Yeah, uh, I did quite heavily. Um yeah. And luckily, it didn't come out and like, hey, too unscathed. Now we've got the title for this podcast, right? Which is "Is Elden Ring the New Cyberpunk 2077?" Question mark! Exclamation mark! Question mark! Exclamation mark! Brackets eighteen plus. And number six will shock you, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, hey, it will. Brackets TikTok uh, compilation. Gone wild. Gone wild. Any emojis? Maybe we can sneak in there. Oh yeah, like the 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 fucking the eggplant, the squirt. Off. I mean, Pete, to be fair, peach. I think when it comes to the first podcast where we can talk about Elden Ring, those emojis sound quite appropriate anyway. Your egg, oh, yeah. your eggplant will be doing something when you're playing yeah, that you, game. Yeah, my eggplant will do something. <laughs> you, you know how Jonesy was like, oh, well, let's do a jingle. My jingle will just be the fucking anime. Wow. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And then mum get the camera. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um... But look, Jamie, if, if if I don't manage to play um, or finish Sekiro, I'm I'm not. I'd feel okay about it because I could always. There's always in the back of my head I could say to myself, "It's okay," because I'm not a failure. Okay. I just didn't finish Sekiro because of Halo. Yes, exactly. When in doubt, any of life's problems or any of life's failures, blame it on Halo. Blame it on Halo, apparently, because that's what EA did. When they acknowledged that Battlefield 2042's failures were kind of mainly down to Halo shadow dropping like when it did. Yeah. I, I mean, like, this this is some mental fucking gymnastics going on here. Uh, yeah, literally. It, it is the definition of mental gymnastics. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know when I say, like, I see the world in memes? And yes. this is fucking the, the meme. I think I've said it before for multiple things. I think it's maybe the third week in a row that I'm going to say it just for a different company but it is literally the meme of the guy sticking a stick in the spokes of his bicycle falling over and then blaming someone else yeah i mean yeah literally especially when you look at the the nature of the actual comparison that ea made between the two games and why halo might have been the fault of like the battlefield 2's problems it's it, it, it makes literally makes no sense. It's com- it's completely backwards. It's like doing really badly at your homework at school and blaming your bad test result on the smartest person in the class. Like yeah. you're talking about two things that at no point did they ever intersect in any way, shape, or form. But you're just saying, well, he did so well, it makes me look bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hang on. That's not but, my but fault. He did, yeah, yeah. But it's it's also like if your game wasn't broken, if your game actually worked then that's not the conversation that you'd be having now anyway. Yes, exactly. You know, it's... it. Anyway, it, it, it's... It, it's amazing, actually. But yes, so EA has kind of acknowledged the game's uh, quote-unquote disappointing launch. 
Mm. Um, I read some fucking mental statistics uh, before the podcast that like concurrent players are down to like the thousands on that game. Yeah. Like Battlefield 5 has way more concurrence than 2042. Yeah. I know okay. someone who has gone back to Battlefield 5 since the launch of 2042. Yeah, I'm sure we all do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of mad. But they had like a bunch of town hall meetings to kind of talk about what went wrong and, you know, this, that, the other. Uh, I can tell you what went wrong. You released the game too early because you're EA and you've got to hit those those yearly kind of targets and fucking hell, it's, it's mental. Yes, um, exactly. But yeah, so, uh, quote unquote, our team's working from home for nearly two years and unanticipated performance issues only became evident once the game was played at scale, apparently. Yeah. Like, Okay, Which, so the, the game had to be played at scale for you to know that your team was working at home for nearly two years on a yeah. buggy game that wasn't fit for release. Like, yeah. I don't think so. It also, dude, like, I know stress testing is difficult. I know live games are very different once they actually go live. But the idea of EA sitting around saying that the problems that Battlefield, <laughs> the Battlefield, a game in the Battlefield series had, were unprecedented because they didn't know what would happen once the game was played at scale. Battlefield yeah. games are only played at scale. It's one of the <laughs> biggest FPS franchises on planet Earth. You promoted the fucking shit out of it. Like made made by a company, uh, uh, yeah, a publisher, not publisher, a dev, who met who like they make these fucking games. That's their yeah. mo. They only deal in scale, so you can't blame scale on the problems. Yeah, it, it, it gets even better because uh, fucking Andrew Wilson continued to say like he admitted that some of the design quote unquote some of the design choices we made with the game also did not resonate with everyone in our community. Yeah. I mean, again, dude, like, they've released how many Battlefields? They know what works, they know what doesn't work. Like, yep. yeah, all for kind of like experimentation and, you know, trying to swap things out for stuff that works and stuff that doesn't work. Um, you know, and, and there are some kind of like unique aspects to Battlefield uh, 2042, for sure. The weather system, uh, chief among them. Mm. But at the same time, like, emissions to like release features... Yeah, like come on, like what what are you fucking doing here? What are yeah. you doing here? This is absolutely mental. It's bonkers, and it, it, it's especially bonkers still when you consider that this is these are high level and high ranking employees. In the case of Andrew Wilson, CEO level employees within EA standing up there on a uh, partly pi private, partly public forum and yeah. making these sort of radical statements that in some cases read as outright lies or misdirections about what went wrong and, to be more specific, what they did wrong about the launch of one of the biggest games or what should have been one of the biggest games of last year. And it is yeah. one of those fascinating things where, you know when, and this isn't me talking from recent personal experience, Freddie, like, just to make that perfectly clear, I don't want to get in trouble, but you know when you like join a company and you look towards the top of the company and you can see long-time employees just outright doing things wrong or fucking up and making these yeah. ridiculous excuses and they just kind of keep getting away with it and you kind of got this they can't keep getting away with it mentality about it all it's all, <laughs> it's fascinating when you see that like recreated in a massive multi-billion dollar video game corporation you know on on, on a massive public forum because it's, it's yeah. almost sort of 
weirdly satiating reminder that this kind of bullshit happens everywhere and so many people in this industry fake it till they make it and aren't willing to acknowledge when they fuck up and get things wrong and if oh, they yeah. are willing to admit that they fucked up they have to use this weird redirecting language that blames it on other shit like yeah like how I, I, yeah i don't know what well, yeah an amazing one was uh, ea's chief operating officer laura miele 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 i'd say like mil mila Meal, well, according yeah. to Meal, the comparison between both games was not favorable because Halo Infinite was a very polished title, whereas Battlefield 2042 contained bugs and wasn't as polished. I mean, it, it's it, it's mind-boggling, Chris. Like, the, the fact that that can come out of someone's mouth. Like, oh yeah, our game was not as good because it was compared to another game that, like, was functional. And don't get me wrong, like, Halo Infinite, like, it, it was pretty polished, still had its issues yeah right but halo infinite is not going around blaming anyone else no. except for themselves potentially but what what did halo infinite do they pushed their release date by an entire year they yep. pushed the fact that they were meant to be a launch title and they said yeah it's it's not it's not ready yeah and by all means ea should have done the same with battlefield 2042 in the, in the state that it released in you know but yes you know, it was the year for Battlefield, and Battlefield needs to come out because that's what EA said. Yeah, and they, you know, it's just, it's just not. The, 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 the fucked up thing is that, like, we now live in an age where most gamers are extremely aware that the product that ships is not next, next ne- is not necessarily representative of where the product will be in months or years down the line. We understand that that live games are a very literal term nowadays and games yeah. grow and evolve and change and hopefully improve over a passage of time. And some of that has kind of changed us in some way, shape or form where we're now almost more accepting of products that aren't the complete package at launch. It's not a good thing. It's not the way most gamers want it to be, but it's something we've grown to have to accept because it's the nature of the industry and it's the way that publishers and developers are taking advantage of the you know, technological improvements that allow them to deliver massive patches far easier than they ever could in previous generations. But what we do still want to see, even if we reluctantly accept those circumstances, is we want to see ownership. We want to see ownership yeah. taken of mistakes. We want to see people approaching the mistakes they've made the right way. We want to see people making apologies that feel heartfelt. Not apologies where they're wiping away the tears or the money we spent on their fucking broken products, <laughs> but apologies that, hey, take responsibility for your actions. Take responsibility for the fact that your game was a broken fucking mess. mess. And if you're willing to put your money where your mouth is, do it in a way that is actually putting your money where your mouth is, like Microsoft yeah. did with Halo, and delay a game for as long as it needs to be fucking delayed. Because when you force a game out when it's not ready because you want to take advantage and capitalize on those Christmas sales it needs to hit a certain market at a certain date and then you come out afterwards and you don't even accept responsibility for the mistakes you make but instead suggest that the mistakes you made were made to look out will look worse by someone who did a similar thing better than you it is an embarrassment of a PR disaster on yeah. top of what is already an embarrassment of a video game and I genuinely think that there are a large proportion of gamers out there and I might include myself in this that are more willing than ever to accept that there are extraneous circumstances around game development and game releasing and game publishing and game promotion now more than ever especially off the back of a pandemic I get it 
Their teams, like Andrew Wilson said, worked on this game from home for nearly two years. Not ideal. No one would have been prepared for that when it came to you know ramping up production on Battlefield yeah. 2042. But own the fuck-ups. Own the fuck-ups and make amends for them quietly and quickly and fucking please don't drag your heels in the process with PR disasters like this. Oh, but it... Yeah, and it gets so much worse, right? When you realize just how much people like Andrew Wilson kind of take home, right? We we did yeah. that thing on the top CEOs, and it's just kind of like it's it's mental. Yeah. Like the the people who were working at home for two years, toiling, knowing that they've got a, a a piece of product that is not ready to ship. That then yeah. the higher ups, the corporates, they say, no, you got to you got to ship them. Right? That's a, it's a fantastic and they're the point. ones earning the big money and then the, these poor guys who are toiling through that then release this and then like let's say the social media managers that need to kind of deal with the backlash of all of this they're being paid peanuts which is yep. like the most fucking horrific thing about it there's um uh i'm i'm finishing up reading a book uh blood not blood Twin pixels um press reset by jason try you actually right. read the book jamie yes and yeah reading that book and and kind of following up with everything that's kind of happening here and, and at like Activision Blizzard as well. And you just kind of think to yourself like, fuck, why would anyone want to be in game development at the moment? It just yeah, sounds horrific. No, you make a fantastic point. And again, like I was speaking there on, on behalf of like players and consumers, but I, again, I can't, to follow on from what you just said, I can't yeah. imagine what it's like to have been a developer on Battlefield 2042, to have to, ha- to have had to change to working from home, even if you ne- didn't necessarily want to, but to have still crunched the same way, to have still yeah. say, raised the same red flags you would have raised to the, especially in QA and departments like that, we're saying, this game isn't ready, this game isn't ready, this is a problem, this is a problem, we don't have time, we don't have time, to constantly be ignored, to have that game come yeah. out, and then your CEO comes out and says, our team's working from home for nearly two years, was one of the reasons it was the way it was. No, Andrew Wilson, you're the fucking reason it was the way it was. <laughs> like fucking, you know. Take a look in the mirror and make a better, make a better Battlefield game. Well, he'll take a look in the mirror and you'll just see his handsome, chiselled Chad face and be like, <laughs> yeah. "Hell yeah!" Baby. He's like, "God damn, I've done it again." <laughs> Give yeah, me like that you, fucking you, bonus, baby. You, you bring up a very good point, like. QA department. What was their QA department playing Halo, and that's maybe that's why you're blaming Halo. Like <laughs> yeah. they were like, well, this no, game's like, fine, guys. I don't. There's nothing wrong with it. Were they playing the wrong game? No, they no. were playing a broken game. And most definitely, they would have done their jobs and due diligence reported that it's not ready. And yep. guess what? Eventually, it goes up the ladder to someone like, you know, fucking Andrew Wilson. He says, "Yeah, launch it. Yeah, press the big red button. Launch. Bam. Yeah, you know." Play the trailer. Yeah, and he goes to the fucking he goes to the board of directors and he goes to the investors and they're like, "Should we be worried about this?" And he's like, "Guys, I'm not going to do this right now." And he's like, "Look at the <laughs> video game landscape. Never has there been a time in the history of the video game industry where consumers are more accepting of games that are broken at launch. We can fix this game over the course of the next four years, and it will still be remembered as a hit as long as at some point in time we hit that zenith." We hit that point where we've completed another vision and we finally released the game it was always meant to be. If we get there before the next one comes out, we're fine. Yeah. Oh, I hope this isn't the start of like a new trend of like Bro, hyping so up I think, a game. I think, hyping up sorry. a game, right? Yeah. Getting as many people as you can to like jump in because like the the peak concurrence for 2042 like wasn't bad. It was pretty healthy. A lot of people still own this game, yeah. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Right. But then have it be terrible but then kind of walk away 
work on it, come back, and it's almost like a second launch. Yeah. Right? Which is effectively what we're seeing with, with, with Cyberpunk. Like, that's a very obvious example. Cyberpunk sold, like, fucking bonkers amounts of money. Yeah. Right? And now they're hoping that they're going to cash in again on a second launch of, like, hey, it's next gen and it's we've fixed a lot of the problems, Mate, guys. Come yeah, check it out. Exactly. Like, whether we want to admit it or not, us video game players and sometimes even the press and the media on video games as well we do have short term memories and when yeah. it comes to No Man's Sky when it comes to Rainbow Six Siege when it comes to Final Fantasy fourteen, like we are far more focused and far more happy to celebrate the fact that these games turned their shit around and got to the point where they needed to be than we are focused on or remain dwelling on the fact that they were fucked up at launch we forget yeah. about that fact far quicker than we talk about the fact that hey it's good now at least yeah, exactly. Um, if, yeah. if this was still ATG, you know, we, we always used to do at the start of each year uh, or the end of each year, depending, uh, six worrying trends for, so it'll be six worrying trends for 2022. And this probably would have been one of them, like releasing a bad game so that you can have a second launch, which would mean more sales. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, I mean, man. mate, we're editors. Imagine if like someone like Premiere came out tomorrow and like, hey, don't ask us how, but we've come up with a new feature, which is that hey, you can continue to edit videos and tweak them and change them after the video's out. Nowhere near as much care gets put into that final oh, draft or that 100%. final push. When you're checking that video before upload, you're like, ah, even if I do miss a typo, I can change it. This is that, <laughs> yeah. but instead of a YouTube video, it's a it's a video game that costs tens, if not with marketing, hundreds of millions of dollars to make. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking mad. Jamie, you know what else would probably be on that list of uh, worrying trends? <laughs> oh, tell me, Chris. <laughs> uh, how about the closure of uh, old e-stores? Because Nintendo is planning to close the Wii U and 3DS stores with thousands of games set to technically disappear. Yes, because, yeah. um, of course, we're now entering into the era of sort of Digital-only games and games that never got a physical release, which means when these storefronts go and you can no longer purchase these titles, they will effectively vanish from the face of the earth. Yeah, what do you do? So there's been a large outcry on this. Um, let's just get into some of the details before we kind of like unravel this, right? So Nintendo put out a statement saying, As of 29th of August 2022, it will no longer be possible to use a Nintendo eShop card to add funds to an account or Nintendo eShop for Wii U or 3DS. However, it will still be possible to redeem download codes until late March 2023, mm -hmm. which is obviously kind of like leading into the fact that uh, March 2023 is going to be the last time or is going to be the moment when they cut off those eShops for the Wii U and the 3DS. Yeah. Um, what they did say though, is that even after late March 2023 and for the foreseeable future, it will still be possible to re-download your games and DLC, receive software updates, and enjoy online play on Wii U and Nintendo 3DS family systems. So it's not as kind of dire as people kind of make it out. Like, as long as you own it, you can still re-download it. Right. And in my, in my mind, and I know this is going to be the really unpopular opinion, but I think people are being... A little bit harsh on Nintendo on this. Nintendo have never had great policies, granted, and this is mm -hmm. not a great one. But they're giving people, a, like, almost more than a year's notice. Yes. Right? True. Saying, hey, this is going to happen. Like, you've got plenty of time to do whatever you need to do. 
some of their services, like for instance, Pokemon Bank is, for instance, that's being more integrated into Pokemon Home. Mm-hmm. But again, there, there is a time limit on it, but they're telling people. And at the end of the day, like, it costs money to keep these shops open. It does, yeah. And, and like, hopefully they can find a way to take those digital-only games and put them on a different kind of platform in terms of, you know, honoring, preservation, whatever it might be. Yeah. It's like, fucking, I'm sorry, get over yourselves. They're giving you the fucking amount of time. If if you wanted to buy fucking some indie game on your 3DS, just go and fucking buy it now. Don't complain when the store closes in a year's fucking time. Yeah, I'll be honest, I, I get both arguments. I kind of do. Um, I, like, I, like, like I said, Jamie, Nintendo are known for their bad policies and their yeah. like backwards thinking, and especially in terms of the but, online space. But I don't necessarily think that this is one of them. No, I, I, I agree with you in that I think, to a certain extent, this is a realistic policy. I think yeah. that one of the things we're going to have to adjust to when it comes to this sort of big, all-digital world we live in now is that these storefronts will go away, the places that, you know, store that have the ability to sell us these products will go away. At some point, eventually, even the places that allow us to re-download products we own will go away. We might have issues with our, where our ownership of certain products comes into question. You know, these are all, we're putting a lot of trust and subsequently a lot of money into companies and storefronts and services that do have, you know, best before dates or use by or sell by dates on them, whether we want to admit it or not. And this is another one of many that are recent stark reminders of that fact. I get it from a video game preservation point of view. No one likes yeah. the idea that you know that many games could, in theory, disappear, and that someone could come back in you know in the future and be looking to play a certain title or looking to get access to a certain title, and there is no legal way to do it. Um, yeah, that's not a fun direction to be moving in as an industry, and it'd be cool if we had better. You know, ways of working around that, like you said, better ways of preserving these titles, better ways of making it possible to play them in the future. But I don't know what the solution to that is, and I don't know who foots the bill for that solution. So, can I t- can I say what the solution is? What is it? You give people a year to download and buy anything that they want to download or buy from those shops. You yeah, close but, the shop, okay. and then you let them. Uh, you, you, but, beyond the closure and in the foreseeable future, be able to re-download games and DLC that yeah, previously purchased. You, you, you're, you're appeasing a set of people that have access to a Wii U and a 3DS now, have access yeah. to the stores, and know something they want to buy or will want to buy inside the next year. But like, are you are you cool that in the in the summer of 2023, someone might yeah. get a recommendation for a game that was only ever available on the Wii U or 3DS e-stores, and it's just fundamentally not available. No one new can ever play any of those video games. Thousands of video games, potentially, ever again. Like, are we but cool see, with that? Th- th- this is where Nintendo gets foxy. Okay. Because it all gets fucking rolled into their Nintendo fucking plus package online plus expansion pass bullshit. No, come on, not, not to no, this I scale. Know, I'm no, I'm not joking, I'm joking. But like, are we cool with that? Again, I don't have good solutions, so the answer can be like, I know it's easy, easy to say yes or no. I don't have the answer. You ain't get the answer, Sway. In, in, in all honesty, we have to be cool with it because that's what it is. And like, will these games disappear forever? You know what? Like, not all of those games that are disappearing are published by Nintendo. No. Right? So, hey, guess what? You own the fucking code to that game. Release the fucking code then. If you're the publisher and you're not Nintendo, okay. So but again, right? yeah. Like there, there, there are options, but like, do, do you remember they they were saying oh they're gonna 
take off the functionality of the the online store for the fucking Vita. Yes, I remember that. And, they, and they... people all, people all up in arms. So Sony were like, oh, actually, we're not going to do that. Yeah. I, I would love to know what the sales were like on the fucking Vita store. Again, like I, I, I think, I think when you, when we narrow it down and focus on what are the current sales or how long have people got to go back and buy the games they want, I think we kind of miss the arguments that some of the more passionate voices in this community are trying to make at the moment. Which is, it's about the long term. It's about preservation. It's about whether or not these video games will be readily available to people who will want to play them in the future. And when you think about like the games industry over the last forty years, let's say. If this is yeah. a precedent that had been in place much longer, if this stuff had started happening like in the 80s, how many classics would have just been lost to time? And we have to look at a video, a possibility where the video game industry continues to stretch into the future and is, in, and is as meaningful and as significant in what we're doing now as we consider the history of video games of you know by uh, you know years gone by. Where yeah. Yeah. And like and like yeah it, it yeah it would be a bummer it would be a bummer if there are games that okay. for one reason or another just kind of disappear because of things like this and again I want to stress again that I'm it's easy for me to say something like that because I don't have the answers and it's not my responsibility to come up with them <laughs> I don't know what the solution is yeah. and I don't know who pays for that solution um, well, but it would be a bummer complicated uh, question right but maybe the only way to find an answer to a complicated question is to present the complication in which case. If this is something that needs to happen where there are where there is a potentially big consequence for game preservation, maybe it needs to happen in order for an answer to come out rather mm. than an answer to just magically just kind of be thought up of. Yeah. Like the you know, you know it's kind of like a necessary evil, if you will. Yeah. And and like I I don't begrudge Nintendo for doing this. I, honestly I don't. Like maybe I'm just being mm. a little bit hardline here, but you're being very uh, corpo cuck. You're you're being a real bootlicker right now, Chris. Uh, well, yeah, you know, just just call me Andrew Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely lick big AW's boots. Would you? Would oh, you big really? time. I mean, yeah, th- they would be pristine. They would never have seen like a speck of dirt in their life. Oh, I you kind know, of feel he, that he he's one of those people that would probably, you you, you know, like fucking Jabba the Hutt, where he gets like carried around everywhere and. Mm. You know, like yep. your, your his feet has ne- have never touched dirt. No, and he actually wears new shoes and new socks every single day. So at the end of every day, his the shoes and socks that he wore that day get thrown away. Entirely new pair of both going yeah. into each and every day. There was a rapper that did that. Was that was it P Diddy? Maybe there's one I always remember was that the footballer David Beckham would apparently wear a new pair of uh, pants every day. Uh, one because he was a bit of a germaphobe, and two because I think he had like an actual deal with Calvin Klein, so he's probably inundated with Calvin Klein underwear. I was like, well, yeah, I just wear a new. It, it's clean underwear. It's new, <laughs> you know. I just put on new underwear every day, which doesn't Fair really enough. work. I like to wash clothes after I buy them just to get them do, ready. Do, do you think he he doesn't give a shit that he just like shots in them and it's like oh, just chuck them. He, he I, love, I love that idea like David, like David Beckham getting so comfortable with the amount of Calvin Klein's he's just pissing himself and like just sitting on the couch like just shitting in his underwear like yeah I'll throw them away yeah because they just become like diapers at that point you just throw them away yeah. right? and Victoria Beckham's just watching him like oh my god what the fuck have I done I married a bloke who shits himself I like that I, I it's a fun idea I like that actually yeah, yeah. It is a fun idea. You know what else is kind of a fun idea, but I don't know if I could get into it? <laughs> Tell me. It's Lost Ark. A fun you, idea, you, sorry, you say. 
A hair word? A, a fun idea you'd describe it as. Maybe? Ooh. Maybe not. I, I don't know. Like, hey, 1.3 million concurrent users on Steam can't be wrong. Can they? Yes, they can, Chris. Wow. Okay. Yes, they can. So, safe to say you're not interested to kind of jump into the Lost Ark boat, which is a ARPG MMO? It's not that I'm not interested. I think every single time a new MMO arrives with any amount of hype, people like us, Chris, because we've, we've had the bug in the past, we get that little twinkle in our eye where we're like, oh, but what if, what if I do play this? Yeah, what if this one is for me? Yeah. And I think I had that with Lost Ark for like maybe less than a day, like a matter of hours before I was like, do you know what? I, I'm not. I, I don't care. It's not that I'm not interested <laughs> in the the ARPG element. I think a MMO that starts to work in more Diablo-like elements into its gameplay actually appeals to me more than lots of MMOs that have come out recently. In fact, uh, or, yeah. or continue to run at this point at present time. I think the issue I have is that. One, I, I just don't want to commit that much time to a single game at the moment. I have enough time yeah. keeping up with new releases and the games I actually want to play than feeling like I'm a slave to, to an MMO, which is not something I want in my life right now. Two, yeah. I don't trust its foundations as a free-to-play MMO, especially one that was originally produced in Korea. No disrespect, but I just think there's a track record there that is a little bit suspect that maybe we'll get into. Um, yeah. And, and also, like, it just... At a point in time where the hype is at its peak and the rush and the craze is at its peak, it just doesn't seem like a fun time to try and wrestle with everyone else. Like I talked to Steph the other day, and I noticed mm. he'd been playing it a lot on Discord uh, in his little sort of status thing. So I asked him about yeah, it, yeah. and it was like, "Oh, I haven't been playing it that much. I have to log in and leave it at five to make sure I'm in a session by ten. Like those are the oh, queue wow. times." Jesus. Okay. Yeah, so I heard that and right, I was like... I, I, I didn't realise oh, that. That's I can mental. Wait. Yeah, queue times have apparently been a thing for Lost Ark. Yeah. Which, hey, well, you mentioned those concurrence. That's probably why. Yeah, 1.3 million. Well, you know what 1.3 million gets you, Jamie? Tell me. The second highest ever consecutive player count on Steam. Behind only PUBG at 3.2 million. Which So, like, double. It's fucking mental. It's, yeah, but, it's in a world league of its own. But what's even kind of crazy is PUBG is a paid, t- a paid title with that that highest concurrence, which yeah. is like insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the fifth game to pass a million, uh, and interestingly enough, in the West, it's uh, published by Amazon. Yes. You know? Which. But yeah. You, yeah. You, you did mention kind of like these like questionable free to play tactics, mm. and interestingly enough, there was a a viral video of none other than. The MMO god himself, the weirdo Asmongold, um, reacting to someone else's video who kind of did the math, right? And said, if you wanted to get your character to the highest possible level at the game currently without Mm. spending any money and just going through, you know, earning through the game, it would take you three years to do that. Yeah. And that's excluding any updated content, which would obviously push the goalposts further and further and further. Right, which is the other thing free-to-play games are very good at doing, right? Is like as soon oh. as they feel like free-to-play oh, yeah. game uh, gamers or players are encroaching on kind of like the limit or getting too powerful or too meta, then you just move the goalposts. Yeah, man. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, I don't have time for another games-as-a-service game in my life because I've got Dota and that's all-consuming. And then I'm going to get like the fucking open world potentially to beat open worlds in Elden Ring 
Yeah. Between those two games, I'm, I, between those two games, Jamie, I'm never going to play another game again in in 2022. No, exactly. Like we we talk about it a lot on this podcast. Anyone who listens to every episode will know that. Like we've got a lot on our plate when it comes to just keeping up with new releases, <laughs> playing the games we fucking want to play. Like I still running have, a podcast. Well, that too. We struggle. Evidently, two of us here this week. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the Ukraine. Um, but like. I have games on my backlog from last year that I still haven't played. Like I open up my Epic Game Store, uh, my Epic Game Store sort of app or whatever the program every now and then, and I'm like, look at my library, and I'm like, oh yeah, I completely forgot that at the end of last year I went out and bought like Chicory and Inscription and <laughs> Toem and Death's Door, like all at once, getting all excited oh. to play them all, and and like haven't touched any of them. Yeah, dude. Yeah, listen to this, okay? I'm just going to minimize everything on my okay. desktop. And I'm cool. going to tell you the games that are on my desktop, okay? Okay, I love it. This is fun. All right. Um, and, and this isn't even all the games installed on my computer because for some reason on my um, Games Pass, my Xbox Games Pass, uh, there are games in there that haven't got icons on my desktop, okay? Oh, weird. Okay. I feel okay, like sometimes so... they're the only ones on my de- icons I get is Game Pass tiles. <laughs> okay, so let, let's, let's see how many of these games I've finished or played okay in, okay. in like it's called even this year let's call it okay uh half-life alex okay <laughs> that's the best start we could have asked for <laughs> great okay cool well because yeah. I, I really want to finish it because it's fucking it's you a should great fucking game. finish it like i, I still I know, can't believe but, i haven't but, been able to talk to anyone about that ending oh I, i've seen the ending so you can talk to me about oh, it. okay cool uh, um it's a good ending isn't it yeah, it's fucking cool. It's a fucking ending. great ending. But I want to, but I want to play that game. It's a fun game to play. I love VR, but it's just kind of like getting the VR set up going. It, I will. I'll excuse that. Yeah, totally. It's it's, it's too mental, uh, yeah. at least for the time being. Uh, Command and Conquer Remastered. You stream that? I did stream it, uh, but you know it's there on my desktop. Uh, Mafia Definitive Edition. Okay. I streamed that weirdly enough. That's how far back we're going there. <laughs> was that was that your last stream? Uh, it was close to it, actually. Yeah, close to it. Gosh. Okay. Then I've got uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Okay. Okay. Uh, Wolfenstein: The New Order. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't even know you'd installed that or like committed to it. Yeah, I'm about halfway, but like just fell off it. Uh, Scavengers haven't even logged into the game. But <laughs> which one was Scavengers? I can't Scavenger- remember. Scavengers was that battle royale set in like the ice thing where it's like part part battle royale but part um get the info and exfil. I rem- I re- this is like ringing a, ringing a weird bell but I can't recall why I remember it or how close oh, I looked because, at it. Because they like were they, we going to play it? I I wanted to play it because they had a weekend where they were trialing like a 1000 player server. That rings like a bell. That. that rings a bell. Yeah. Good PR that. All right. Uh, something else, uh, Deep Rock Galactic. I mean, that's just a fun thing to keep installed. I think we exactly. only played it with you once, but exactly. And but I had a blast. I mean, the the best part of that game was just like hanging out in the barn, chucking <laughs> beers, and playing <laughs> yeah, at the jukebox. Yeah, dancing. Um, Call of the Sea. Okay, I hear good things. Yeah, I haven't even opened it. Uh, Narita Boy, which a game you... I was really hyped about, but then fell off like because I I think I streamed it. You I did stream it. I watched you yeah. play. And it was confusing. Yes. Like, weirdly confusing. Even more so when you're streaming because you're not paying full attention, right? Yeah, that didn't help. Okay. Then I've got got Dota 2 and I've got Apex Legends quality. You played a lot of both, fair. 
yeah. Uh, Risk of Rain 2, which I have not played in a very long time, but I, I, it, it, that's like my comfort food game if I yeah. want like a, a rogue, roguelike run. Like I'll jump into that. It used to be Dead Cells. I kind of fell off Dead Cells because it's, just, you know, you, yeah. you, you finish, you finish with the game every exactly, night. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Loop Hero, which is a game that I would like to get back into, but it's, it, it is one of those time sink kind of games. Yeah. Um, I, for some reason, I still have Dark Souls Remastered. On my finished desktop, that. Even I finished it. Uh, Chivalry Two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you liked your time yeah. with that game. I, I did. Uh, Back for Blood. Yep, you liked yep. your time with that game. I'm being very, yep. as gener- nice here as I can be. I don't want to make you feel bad about any of your life choices. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I got uh, Halo Infinite. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you 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 have played Halo Infinite. Yeah, uh, I've got Sifu. Yep, you yes, you've played some Sifu, yeah. Uh, yeah, and like I said, like that—that's all that's on my desktop. So, like, it's just insane. It's insane. Yes. Okay. All of that um, on your desktop, and uh, your catch-up this yeah. week—you played more Vampire Survivors. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's on desktop as well. Yeah, played more <laughs> Vampire Survivors. Um, and then I've got Sekiro on on my fucking PlayStation. I haven't fi- finished Jedi Fallen Order. Like, I'm... shit, I forgot you were playing that. Oh, I'm. See, what you're doing is like you're almost giving me a headache just by talking through this, and I avoid this by like I have I play one game per platform at a time, yeah, and I finish and I I, I try my darndest to finish but it. You, you see, that's that's what I used to be like, but I think just hanging out with Alex Jones too much is just kind of yeah, it's 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 the Jonesy effect, and and you know, like well, Fair Play Jonesy has moved on from the Jonesy effect, and now I am the emblematic Jonesier. The thing is, I actually think that the most ideal relationship you can have with games and how long you spend with them probably exists somewhere on the spectrum between where you are and where I am. Where I think sometimes, and I'll admit this, playing things through to completion when I actually don't really want to, like I'm in the trap with Far Cry 6 at the moment, is a bad thing. Like I'm spending time on a game that I should be spending on other games. But I think you probably end up on the other end of the spectrum where maybe... Yes, you get to play just about everything you want to as soon as you want to play it. You'll just jump onto a new game or a, a new thing that's come out and you'll try it. But there are probably also things on your way. It sounds like there are things even on your desktop that you look at and you're like, actually, I didn't get my fill. I wanted to spend more time with that and and then yeah. I moved on. I'd love to be one of those people that can move on without necessarily finishing something, but just knows exactly when they're full. It's like meals. Yeah. Like you're always under eating or overeating, but like. Who are the people who can put their knife and fork down when they're just full? I can't do it. You see, I, I when when I was trying to lose some weight, and I'm sure people would be like, "What? Well, you don't need to lose weight." Uh, I do. Uh, when I was trying to lose weight a couple of years ago, I I that made me I laugh. Sorry, I, it's just true though, dude. <laughs> no, but it was the way you like. I'm sure people out there are like, "What? You don't need to lose weight," but uh, yeah. <laughs> Humble brag, um, or like the opposite of a humble brag. I don't know. Uh, sorry, a, no. I continue there. And a, a, a neg brag. I don't know. Um, careful. Yeah, very careful. Um, I had this thing where I didn't like. I did portion control, but the way I did portion control was no matter what I'd have on my plate, or you know, you go out to a restaurant, whatever it is, I would always make sure that. I would not finish what was on my plate because my rationale was this when you were young and, mm. and I guess like times have changed now because you know parents are a little bit more savvy but when I was growing up with my parents it was very much like eat all the food on your plate yes and then it doesn't matter like how much 
or little food was on your plate, it's just like eat all the food on your plate. It's like yeah. I think that kind of fucks you up in a bit. Uh, of a similar up. thing. Yeah, and so I I made this very conscious decision. Like, let's say you have let's just say like a a steak, okay? Like eat the steak, eat eat the chips, but like leave a bunch of chips and leave like I don't know a sixth of your steak left over. Like, start off there. Do you know what I mean? I, I can't. No. No. It, it's so hard, Jamie, because it's such a psychological thing, especially especially if you, ha- if you do it at a restaurant. But what if you're hungry? But the point is to train yourself. Because you see... Nah, I can't. Nah, no, no. It, it's the question of, like, are you actually hungry? Or are you hungry because it's been trained into you to just finish whatever's given to you? If there's a piece of steak on my plate and I want to eat it, then that means I'm hungry. I don't. Or, I don't care what the impetus you, is. Or for have you convinced yourself that you're hungry, Chris? Do I look like someone who has a hard time convincing themselves they're hungry? <laughs> you're, you're describing my life, my my day to day existence. <laughs> oh, I love that. I eat because I'm bored. I eat, you know. I eat because I'm bored. I eat because I want to feel. Because I eat. Yeah, I want to feel the thrill sometimes. I want to feel the heart palpitations. I want to have that moment of panic where you don't know if you're having a stroke. Like these are the moments I live for. I want to feel do, tingles in my toes and wonder if I'm yeah. getting early onset diabetes. Fair enough, yeah. Um, gout, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I am one of those people that actually like enjoys meat sweats. Yeah, we're adrenaline junkies, that's what it is. Ooh. Except instead Big of you know, diving out of planes, we're just eating unfathomable amounts of red meat. Yeah, we are the unhealthy version of Tom Cruise. Exactly, and I think there's a gap in the market for that. I, I like it. Maybe we should start pivoting Super Show to be more like, you know, that that kind of lifestyle. The, adre- the o- obese adrenaline junkies. The <laughs> I remember. Fat- I remember <laughs> Jamie, I remember like, I'm talking years ago now when I was still living in South Africa. Yeah. A, f- a friend of mine, Peter Raff, um, I, I met him at a Brazilian restaurant and okay. we ate so much food. This is ridiculous. So we, we ate food and another person was meant to join us and he was like, just wait for me, wait for me. But he was like, he took so long, he never eventually came, oh. right? So we were like snacking while we were waiting for him and then eventually he told us he wasn't coming. So they were like, okay, cool. Well, we're going to start our meal now. We ate so much food, Jamie, uh, that when we were finished eating, so this restaurant was kind of like in a in a shopping center, like an outdoor shopping center. Not okay. like a strip mall, but like an outdoor shopping center. And both of us were so full, we couldn't bring ourselves to drive ourselves home. So what we landed up doing was walking walking laps around the shopping center for about an hour, just to kind of like work off what we've eaten to wow. feel comfortable enough to get in our cars and drive home. That's, I mean... I admire, though, that that shows a certain amount of dedication, not just to the eating game, but to the overall grind involved around digestion, looking oh, after your body. Like, that's a, that's time, a commitment there that I love. Like, you knew you had to pay the price for that meal, and you went in, you know... Well, you say commitment. I'm not saying, like, we did it because we wanted to burn off the calories. I'm saying we did it because physically we were just probably going to but it, but, it, but, but you paid the price. <laughs> like, you made the choice and you paid the price. And it, oh, like, Dude, you know me, like thing is you like some people on the outside looking at me would probably be like oh that guy like yeah you know but oh, i love guy. my I, I love my food i'm such a fucking food dude food dude, <laughs> food dude yeah i like it i'm a, I'm a food dude yeah. um you know i'm i'm all about it i'm i'm fucking 
I'm there, Betty. I'm oh yeah. There. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Jamie, you know what? We're, we're coming up to two hours. And uh, what did I say at the start of this podcast? You said it was going to be a, an hour-long podcast. Yeah, so if you take two hours and you watch it at two times speed, what is it? It's an hour-long podcast. Wow. Bam, baby, we fucking nailed it. I made my promise, I kept it. Say what you want about this guy, but as far as I can see, the food dude delivers. <laughs> the food dude <laughs> There you go. Yeah, he writes use, code, use code SUPERSHOW for 15% off at the food dude delivers. Yeah, fuck Grubhub, it's all about the food, dude. I can hell, yeah, Deliveroo suck my cock. Um, I like Deliveroo, i got to be honest. Um, me too, I'm a Deliveroo guy. Yeah, same. Sure. Fuck uh, Uber Eats, if anything. Yeah, I said just it. eat, go shit yourself. Did somebody say just eat? No, no one did, ever. Stop saying, <laughs> stop asking. Except for Snoop Dogg, he said it. Yes, and that one drunk guy in that viral video goes like, what are you guys into? You into your rap? Your, your, your drum and bass? Have you seen that video? Yeah. <laughs> that guy's so fucking funny. Fucking Stupid fucking homeless weirdo uncle. <laughs> That's the vibe I get from him anyway. Nice. I like it. I like it. I'm all about it. Jamie, the only thing that's left, of course, is thanking the lovely listeners, viewers, uh, thanking people who maybe, maybe thought it in their heart, kind enough to support our Patreon. But we also need a code word. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it up front, uh, not just because it's recent, but also because I love it. I want the food dude to be involved in the code word somewhere. The, the food dude delivers. The food dude delivers, yeah. I mean, is it? can we go for it simple What have that? I done? Yeah, sure. What have you've I done? Start, you've started a movement. Between this and guilds, you know, we're, we're, we're creating movements. We're shifting the culture. I like it. If only we were exposed to more people for it to kind of like take take off in the zeitgeist. But hey, Known guild, the food dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Step aside, Mark Clancy. There's a new geld in town, and he's the food dude. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Well, is there anything you, else you, can, you want to say, Jamie, or can we I was going to say, you, you can tell the midnight delirium has just set in. I, I think we've kind of timed this right where our delirium is peaking just as we end this podcast, and we don't get the slump afterwards. It's perfect. Yeah, to be fair, that that is... A, a, a good decision, a decision that will always be popular with me. Because one thing that absolutely destroys me is going through that delirium into that slump, yeah. and then looking at the the podcast document in front of us and seeing like, oh, we still have about like an hour to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm, I can't do that. This is fucking mental. <laughs> no, yeah, this is a, a much. It's it's quarter past twelve. That's a good ending time. It's not quite like the one one thirties we've had in oh, recent geez. weeks. In fact, yeah, yeah. So there you go, uh, on, you know, saying goodbye on the official release day of uh, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, if you're jumping into it. If you jump in it, like Alex Jones does, then I hope you enjoy yourself, and I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast with uh, me, the food dude, Chris. (laughs) I I really wanted you to say it, and you did. Thank you. Yeah, well, I I knew I was going to make you happy saying it, and I, I live to make you happy, Jamie. That what mission accomplished. Well, there we go. Um and yeah, so hey, thanks for watching and uh hopefully as the three stack will speak to you next week. See Bye. Ya.